Welcome to the Matrix Unveiled Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa. If you're ready to awaken your consciousness and take the red pill, keep listening. Hey guys, I'm making a transition over to this space because at five o'clock, this room is going to, um, it's not going to be able to be, um, recorded any because the last rooms, my rooms go so long and I think you can only, you can only, um, record for like five hours with the replays and I definitely want the replays to be there. So, um, give me a second. I'm going to go over to the other room. I'm going to make the announcement. And I'm going to um, post the link to this room over there so that we can give it like a next five minutes and then close the room down over there and transition everybody to over here. Okay. So what's up, Disco? <laughs> You've been real quiet all day. <laughs> I was going to play and act like, hey, I'm live over here at uh, <laughs> at my living room. And <laughs> all right. I'm going to be right back. You guys. No problem. Hang- just hang tight, please. If anybody want to talk or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, there's okay. only three of us up here when you leave. We good. We got this so while you go over there. Also, I heard it was six. I heard it was six hours uh, in a room one day. Yeah. I mean, I don't really say much to to this. I'm not... I don't, I've never put my mind too much on, on this lady. I know about her, you know, I did all that, you know, when the shit went down with her and, um, and, um, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, these people, I don't really care about them. You had a wonderful room yesterday. Gracias. Yes, it was. What's up, physical boss, EC, spine elephant, what's up? I got, a, I, got, I got another one um, that I'm definitely doing, you know, um, with, with you, Yolanda, Claudine. She's just getting something done for me. And then um, I'm going to put that one in action. Oh, you know, I got some, got some serious shit to let people know about, you know, that came to me. So I'm just... I'm just um, transcribing it because it's in Russian, you know, so, yeah, it's going to go down once I'm finishing it. Actually, Claudine is finishing it up. Claudine's on the job. Do you know what time, um, Disco? What time for what? He's going to be hosting pretty soon here today. Uh, no, I'm not. Lisa, she just made another room because this room, uh, the last room was almost at the six hour mark. So she needed to be able to save that room. So she- Okay, I'm back. So um, Hocus is going to hang out over there for a couple of minutes. Um, but I do have to leave and um, go back and close that room. But we're just trying to make sure that we usher everybody back over here, guys. I appreciate your patience and following us, you know, over it so we can keep the the conversation going. We're actually waiting for um, three people to come out of the courthouse that went there today. One person, Tanya, she was already here. Hopefully she can find this room because now it's a new room. But the reason why and give us updates on what was um, going on. But the reason why we had to leave that room is because the clubhouse replays. I've been losing all of my rooms because they go so long. 
and the replays only go up to five hours. So I'm just stopping the conversation, moving it over here so that the replays can say for people that miss it or they want to go back and listen to it later, that it will be there. So that's what's up. All right, let's just keep going, you guys. Let's pick up where we left off. Of We're course. pulling you up as quick as we can. With- can I just say something? Yeah, sure. Go okay, ahead. this is Katrina. Um, I have been listening to your clubhouses. I love you, Lisa. You are so intelligent, and I'm always on your clubhouse. <laughs> I don't mean Thank to be creepy, you. but you're literally awesome. Um, everything that you say is just, like, spot on, and it just, like, reaffirms the things that I've been thinking, like, throughout my entire life. So I appreciate you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's <laughs> That's really sweet of you to say. And, 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 you know, honestly, that does help because it, sometimes I swear to God, I'd be like, you know what I'm saying? I had to really step out and do this, um, you know, with even the possibility of being ridiculed by my peers or whatever. And but I just decided to follow my heart. So every time I hear someone say something like that, it really just inspires me to keep going and lets me know that I'm on the right track. So thank you so much for And I, I live in Portland. So in Oregon, it's like this very tiny bubble. So like everyone around me is kind of just like, can't believe that I didn't get the vaccine. Can't believe that I'm not doing A, B, C, and D. Can't believe that I didn't see Trump as like the worst person in the world. So, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not great, but they're all puppets like you were saying. Um, <laughs> so Yo, Trina, I stay in Oregon too. You're absolutely right. This shit. Yeah, I feel. I'm in Vancouver, Washington. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, well, I have a solar kitchen. If we all go down to shits, like you guys can come over. <laughs> um, but what I wanted to say, um, there's this book that recently came out. I put it as my picture because it literally blows my mind. Like this lady. Okay, um, this transgendered male put out this book it's called a long dark shadow and it's um basically minor attracted people in the pursuit of dignity so they're trying to like normalize minor quote-unquote attracted people which is literally pedophilia and they just came out with this like i would say a week ago um right before this trial so i just wanted to get other people's opinions on this um because this just blew my mind and then on top of that I don't, I'm not trying to bring the gay thing into this. I've dated women my whole life, but when I was dating women like 10 years ago, there was this other energy. It was like, stand in your truth, like be your own person. You're strong. You're, you know, you get, you don't have to listen to what the crowd says. Now, like 10 years later, in regards to the gay community, it's you're a victim. Anyone that doesn't agree with you is a bigot. Like, it's just, it's completely flipped. And I think that they're using the gay community. And I'm not, I can't even like correspond with these people anymore but i think they're using the gay community as a pawn for this whole entire thing That's yes trina you thank you i've been saying me, that for let a me while. say something real quick guys and then i'm gonna head over to the other room and shut that room down so that we can bring hocus over here because he's holding that down for me but what you just said is so impactful and and that's the thing like they're trying to make it like you know um you know, people are like attacking the LGBT community and that's just not true. We've always had gay friends. You know what I'm saying? We've always had. Exactly. And people accept it just because you don't choose that for your life doesn't mean that you're against it. Right. But even like um, transvestites or transgender is what they call it. Now, the old school ones will come out and say, listen, I know that I'm a man. You know what I'm saying? But I just enjoy dressing up as a woman. You know, you know what I mean? I, this is my lifestyle. This is something that I choose to do 
So there's a certain level of psychosis that's coming. And I think that is wrong for the people that are truly just in the LGBT community that have been accepted Me. for years you know, and stuff like that. So I Facts. think there's an agenda behind it because I don't think there's nothing wrong if what with what a person chooses to do. What I do think is wrong is the villainizing of the people that are not in that lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you want me to accept you, but you don't want to accept me. When we always had gay friends, gay family members, you know what I'm saying? People that like to wear women's panties and all that. And we, they just, you know what I'm saying? But now you're like, no, um, I'm a woman too. No, the fuck you're not. You're not. Cause you can't have, okay, period. So we have everybody, but there's a line to that. And so what you're saying is absolutely right. And I'm going to go back on mute, go over to the other room, shut that room down. And that just got, Sorry, I, I you know, and like to to what Lisa was off. saying, one mic, please. Like, we have a mom speaking. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and like I've been, thank you. I've been saying that for a for a while now, and people look, we're looking at me like I'm crazy. And like you can look at the cartoons right now that is targeted for children, and nearly every character is a gender bender. Why is it like that? That's not how real life is. You know, like you look at there's so many undertones of like homosexual and like I'm a gay person, but that's not real life. You get what I mean? Yes, there are people that live like this. Yes, they do exist. But like it is not and it's not as common as they say that it is on TV. It's not like that. And and like how they try to. My biggest problem is like what Lisa just said about the transgender community. You cannot get equality by taking away from somebody else. And what they're doing by taking by getting their rights and stuff like that by taking away from women and just being like, well, you you're trans you're transphobic. That's not the fucking case. You know, like if like man, those those the things that are going on with the spas and stuff like that, that's not okay. You know, like there needs to be separate things that are for them. And yes, I understand that transgender people get abused. They get violated. They have a lot of shit that happens to them that is way different than women. You know, they need to be treated as such. And my, I'm going to end. Um, well, actually, I have two things to say. Until people start understanding how to properly use their they, they are and theirs and their two twos and twos. How the fuck do you think kids are going to be understanding how to do that? You know, it's confusing as hell, you know. And then another part is like when. Oh, I, I totally forgot what I was about to say, but I'm just going to land it right there. Like you, like you can't get, you can't get equality from taking away from women. So like you need, there needs to be some, Oh, what I was going to say was like all of these different labels, like transgender, non-binary, um, they, them, ZZ, like they came up with all of these, these different terms and these different, these different, um, identities and different ways that they want to be referred to. But as soon as it comes to making laws, all of a sudden those terms don't count. And all of a sudden it's just man and woman. But yet they're fighting so hard for them to be labeled as all these other things. So why can't they be labeled as all these other things when it comes to sports? You know, like when it comes to the bathroom, when it comes to other things like that, you know, all of a sudden they're the same, but yet they're fighting so hard to not be. That doesn't make any sense, you know, and they're picking and choosing the, the, the battles. And it's and it's literally just throwing everything to the wayside and everybody has to sit there and act like because they want to get their rights back and because they want to push for equality that they're some sort of transphobic or homophobic or anything like that and someone like me is against the community but that's not true it's my life you know how can i be against any sort of blackness or any sort when this is my life you know like but i just like i'm all about equality on every aspect and so like it has to be a balance and it has to be fair Hey guys, could I just say something real quick in regards to him? Um, because I was kind of bringing this up yesterday, but you know, I'm glad somebody else brought it up today. It's more about you guys outspoken and 
really being an ally with everybody and just everybody being on the same page and calling a spade a spade, right? Because, you know, straight people can't necessarily call out LGBT community without getting the backlash. And that's not what we're saying. It's like, look, you can't hide within communities because that's what you want to do. You have to separate yourself from that those group of map individuals. And that's what's happening. And it's causing a breakdown in our society because again, like the young lady said, there was a different essence about it. Now it's almost like it's weaponized and you can't say anything about anybody and about anything. So um, I just say that being an ally with, with everybody that is on this stage, <clears throat> because I love everybody, like it just is what it is. So just that separation and being forward about it and being like, hey, look, we ain't about that. That's what's going to create the change in this situation. I'd like to add a, a resource really quick. Um, there's a book called uh, Libido Dominandi, Sexual Liberation and Political Control by E. Michael Jones. And he goes over the history from the 1770s, a little bit prior till now. And he talks about, um, you know, the sexual liberation movement and how they've been able to control people because of that and how people think that it's free speech. And I'm just expressing myself in this, that, and the third. And, and well, yeah, like I agree with free speech and people expressing themselves. They don't understand how they're being used as pawns in a, in a different scheme. So I highly recommend the book. It's a little hard to find, but again, it's, uh, libido, Dominandi, Sexual Liberation and Political Control. Um, and also, like, I noticed on, real quick, I noticed on Amanda's page how, like, all of her friends, you know, they're, like, super into art, you know. Art uh, is, is very uh, common among the super wealthy, but, like, they're these theater kids that, like, and I used to be into theater, you know, but they're these theater kids that haven't really grown up. They've just, like, created this whole other alternate reality and continue to think that like everything's a fantasy you know what I mean kind of so anyways thank you um um I just want to also to Trina's point um when I first came onto clubhouse uh last this you know last almost a year ago January I remember there were rooms um with people from the LGBTQ com community um saying like, do not add maps, which is minor attracted persons, to the plus in LGBTQ plus. And they were, and there was just, there were these discussions, and that's true. Like, they're throwing maps into that plus sign, and that's, like, not fair to the community whatsoever. Um, and, yeah, and Trina, you're right. They are normalizing it. I mentioned this yesterday also. Like, if you go on Twitter, people are adding maps minor attractive person, MAP, on their bios on Twitter and Instagram as just like as if it's a pronoun or like what state you're from. Let's just like throw it on there. They're trying to normalize it and it's really, really bizarre. What, what exactly is minor attractive minor attra Like a minor, yeah, like minor a younger person or like Hey, I not only like tall people and short people, but I also like minors. It's just my Oh, preference. okay. I like, thought you were. Oh that's my god. Yeah, that that's how they're trying to put it, and it's freaking crazy. They've lowered the age in certain states. Yep. 
like guys we got to keep our fingers on the pulse with this because this is really happening right before our eyes right in plain sight like and not to mention notice the people that they've been dragging down um if remember the show cheer on netflix how that became such a huge phenomenon and uh one of the kids who's like he's everyone was obsessed with him he was arrested for um for being a minor attracted person and he was ever he was like america's sweetheart until he was taken for it and i think that they were just trying to kind of test the waters to see how much empathy the public would have Not only that, but can I just briefly add also that they're, like, having drag queens, like, read stories to kids in schools? Yeah, this is all, um... That's scary as fuck. I mean, do what you want to do in, like, like, your club. Even as an adult, I'm scared of drag queens. I don't fuck with them. Like, they're really, like, really tall and really big. And then the way that they do their eye makeup, and they're just, like... They're like clowns. Like I'm just saying, this is my yeah. own personal experience. Like I don't fuck with drag shows or any of that. It's, it's just art, and they're entitled to the doing it as adults, and it's great. It's fine. It's for them. But bringing your children into it, it's in the and the behavior that we're seeing in these particular spaces. I'm sorry. I was someone else trying to talk. I they're breaking up no, there. No. Okay. Thank you. Um, okay. Thank you so much. Um, but. I've been I've seen a lot of videos of these like um, story hours with drag queens and that they I mean they dance around they gyrate they get the other kids to come up and do it too very provocative this isn't just story time and the stories that they're telling the children are basically confusing children about their identities and this has got to stop and I'm telling you these parents that are taking these kids to these things God love them. I know they're just trying to be accepting. They're trying to do the right thing. I I really believe that. But I think that our world is so mentally unstable right now that up is up is down and down is up. And these people are so confused that the only thing they can do is confuse their children to try to make them fit in, I guess. All right. And I definitely agree okay, with you, Lori, Lori that it, it, well, this, is, uh, on, this is all, this is all. Lisa is trying to. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so, you know, um, I know that some of these topics sort of bleed into one another and it's relevant in some ways, but I definitely want to try to stick to the main topic of the room because that whole conversation could be get a little sketchy. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's not, it's complicated. You know what I mean? We don't want to pull people into a box or anything like that because some people may really just be born that way. And there may be an agenda going on at the same time, but we don't want to put everything into one, you know, whole deal. So um, I know that we, it was a, sort of like a little bit of a rough start because we had to transition from the other room so that we could save the replay, um, you know, just to document the, these rooms that we're doing about this trial. I lost two really great rooms, you know, because they went on for like eight hours. So, um, you know, Hocus let me know yesterday that, listen, you need to cut it off at hour five. And that way you'll be able to save it so that people that were not able to tune in today, for whatever reason, they can go to the profile, they can go to the club, and they're able to go back and listen to it at their leisure. So with that being said, guys, this is a really quick reset. Um, welcome to the Matrix Unveil. If you're not already following that greenhouse, make sure you tap it, follow the club, 
follow myself, follow all the moderators on the stage. These are people that create great content. They help support me when I'm doing rooms. They support me in many other ways on Clubhouse. And I appreciate these individuals. So make sure you give them a follow as well. Um, and they also, some of them have great clubs like Hocus has a club called um, the, the Rabbit Hole. We're usually in there at night. It's 11 o'clock and we go deep. You know what I'm saying? And um, I, I ain't gonna lie, I be falling asleep sometimes, but I would rather fall asleep to knowledge and allow that. I feel safe in there um, to be able to fall asleep and allow that con that stuff to go into my subconscious mind. You know, and I'm so glad that he's here and he created that space. And so that's what we do. Um, so also, thank guys, Thank you. Shout out to Hoka. He's thank a really you, good thank guy. You, thank you. Love y'all. <laughs> sure and so, um, guys, that link that you see at the top, that is a link to my Discord. Um, it has tons and tons of information. We have a whole community there that, you know, um, we have taken off of Clubhouse and that we're just building. And, you know, people are getting enlightenment. I do a lot of work back there. There is a paywall. It's a small subscription fee of $5 a month. So um, go ahead and click that link and join um, our Discord channel, um, The Matrix Unveiled. So many activities and so many more dynamic things going on on there that we're not able to do together on Clubhouse. We'll be able to do it there on Discord. So with that being said, guys, also make sure you press the plus button. Invite, invite some of your friends into this room so that we can have this conversation and continue to um, peel back that the layers of this matrix, pull the curtain back and expose the Wizard of Oz. What we are doing now is I'm really just, this room won't be that super, super long, but I'm waiting for the people that from our um, club that we're calling our correspondents on the ground that were in the courthouse today. One already came through, Tanya gave us an update about the pilot, his testimony, how everything seemed like super relaxed and, you know, almost like it was a huge joke to them. And she was a little disgusted by, you know, some of the things that she heard waiting for Tanya to come back and give us, you know, the, the final wrap up for the day. And I haven't heard from the other two correspondents that are also there in the courtroom today, but I, you know, I'm going to post the link in our discord so they'll have it and they'll be able to come in and report to us what they saw first time, you know, firsthand in real time today. Um, until then, let's keep the conversation. Jake, quick comment. Does anybody um, d um, remember, well, you might be too young, but have you heard of Shirley Temple? Because she was a victim also. And on another thing, um, what about the Black Boule? how they play into this because I believe Oprah Winfrey um, has her hands dirty. It was suspicious why she opened up that school in Africa. The Me Too women in the Me Too movement have been accusing her of setting them up for Harvey Weinstein. Yep. You're right about that. And she was friends with the God, the God healer, the guy who raped all those women and bore those children. And they used them for all those rituals and stuff and trafficking. So she's was really good friends. with. Can I just say, and I, I'll keep it quick. Don't just watch the trial. Also watch the resignations. 
because that's part of it. And what I mean by resignations, it's like Ellen DeGeneres is leaving. Um, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey just resigned. Why would yeah, Jeff Bezos yeah. resign from Amazon? The head of Bob. Right. So, so all I want to do is just help people to see through all the part of my French shit. And so just watch the resignations. That's part of the story. Green living. Thank you for that. Some people have brought that up, but I would love your perspective on what you think that means. They got busted. They're part of the list. When you see maybe a Jane Doe in testimony uh, or, or in things like that, uh, they, they got a deal that, um, but they have to resign immediately. And it's been going on even last year. Uh, um, happened a lot also during, and it started as this whole thing with Galen and, and Jeffrey started during Trump. There were a lot of resignations also of major banks and this and that. Look, why did Bill Gates leave Microsoft? And then work on in, 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 in vaccines. I mean, it's just very twisted. Um, there are names that you won't see that I saw before, uh, that, that aren't part of these lists. Please, and Jane Doe, the shit of it. But I'm also concerned about the trial as well because it's a, it's a Biden appointee judge. So, uh, which rings true to what you're saying about the on the ground, uh, people that I have no idea what's going on in the courtroom. I'm waiting to hear just as much as everybody else, but definitely look at the resignations because it means that the feds caught them and they're busted and they got to pay the piper. And that's one way they do it. I'm Seth. I'm, I'm Seth. Um, I go with the guy. So why would someone, here's my question. Why would someone like Ellen DeGeneres, Oprah, Jack Dorsey, Bezos, all these people who are stepping down or um, selling off their ownership. Um, Why would they be protected if they're they're the lower level of all of this, right? So why are they protected? Why isn't it all over the news? Or why aren't we seeing them being humiliated with the actual ankle bracelet? Like, I don't want to see a a bulge. Mm. I want to actually see the ankle it. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because they Why? They're protected because they're handpicked. They're handpicked by the Freemason and and their wealth and their fame is their reward for being the gatekeepers. I'm not going to get into craziness about it, but I will just say that I think what happens is they, they cop a plea. Um, they willing to spill the beans on somebody else and they make a deal with the, 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 the attorney generals or, or whoever, because this is being tri- tried in the Southern district of New York, which is like one of the places where if it gets tried there and it actually happens, it's something serious. It's real. So there's a lot of evidence and a lot of stuff you just state's witness they hide 
and and unfortunately, it's also because our legal system is based on who's the best lawyer and how much they cost, and that's a whole other discussion. But because they got the best lawyers, folks. But the black boule is not craziness. It's is it's the truth. Just look up the history of it. They've been around for five hundred. The Freemasons. Years. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of these sorority. These a lot of these sororities are part of the um black boule. Why would the feds do anything? Aren't they a part of it too? Like, what, like some are, some are, uh, but uh, the, the 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 feds are the ones that are the prosecution in this case. It's a federal lawsuit, which means if it's if it's federal. Uh, can go across state lines. It's relating to all that, and they've determined because they're trying it in the Southern District of New York. That me- that means that they're all this thing about land that I've heard about of Terra and whatever. It doesn't mean jack shit. That means that they they've they've prosecuted. The judges said, "No, we're going to hold the trial here, folks. We have enough evidence." Sorry, we're going to hold the trial here, folks. We have enough evidence. We're going to hold the trial. And when that happens, it's like, game on, game on. People are going to go down. So definitely, like I said, look at the people who are resigning because they're part of the whole thing. It's part of like when you see a movie and you see people <laughs> at the end or whatever, whatever, like walk, you know, with their hand with cuffed and they walk, you know, you tell, they tell the story of what happens to them. They got 15 years, they got probation, they got an, you know, they can't leave their house for 15 years. What's happening? If you guys aren't following a guy on Clubhouse here, Ian Halpern, give him a follow. He wrote a book about, um, let me go back to it. I think it's called Sex, Lies, and Dirty Money. he um, been in rooms before where he shared all the research that he d- has done on Epstein. He uh, only has a, a Twitter page, but he has a uh, New York um, best-selling book, and he's um, highly educated on, on this, uh, done a lot of research. I've pinged him into the room, so if he raises his hand, he can shed so much insight Um and knowledge on the royal family and Epstein and um, and I, and I, I wouldn't share the f- if if I didn't think he was um, knowledgeable and I've heard him speak before. I think he actually had a series on Netflix as well. Um, his life has been threatened numerous times, come close to uh, to, to dying and death and so on and so forth. But he's a huge advocate for saving the children. So Ian Halpern is his name. Thank you so much for that, Joey. Um, you said that you pinged him into the room? Well, I, I'm, I back-channeled him. Uh, I sent him a message on Twitter, and I invited him. I said, hey, there's a conversation going on about the Maxwell trial. I think you could be a good addition to the room. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I've been in rooms with him before um, within, the, within the past year. Um, that had to do with se- sex trafficking, and um, he, he has a... a wealth of knowledge on Epstein. He's, he got pretty close to, um, I guess, you know, 
real close to the research and and um, highly highly knowledgeable on the uh, information that he has. And he and he wrote a book. It's called I believe it's called Sex Lives and Dirt. Okay, if you don't mind, if you could PTR that book so that we could get the you know show the people in the room and people can go and like try to find it if they're interested in purchasing the book it would be great to get him in here because you know as many resources that as that we can get to help shine light on this situation the more the better and the more of us there are you know they can't hurt you know get everyone you know what i'm saying so um thank you so much for sharing that and hopefully he'll come to the room and what was his name one more time because i'm about to go um follow him sure it's ian Halpern. I-A-N? I-A-N, and then his last name is Halpern. It's spelled H-A-L-P-E-R-I-N. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Doors open, you guys. We're just um, hanging out. We're talking. Um, we've been in here since about 12 o'clock. This is a new room so that we could save the old replays. Um, so we're just, you know, kind of hanging out, talking, building, and I'm waiting for, uh, it's 517 and I'm waiting for the correspondence on the ground from the Matrix Unveil Club to come in and report directly um, to us what took place in the courtroom today. We did have an update about 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time earlier um, and the the, you know, the pilot, one of the pilots were being um, questioned and everything like that. But that's what we're doing. So let's go, you guys. Can I just say how I, I feel like, you know, it's all coming out like it's modern day. These things are happening today. But this stuff has been going on for hundreds and thousands of years. And like this is this is like really a crazy point in time. I don't know if anyone's like thinking about that like it's not just like it's all hollywood of, of course but like it's not just like it's been going on this is just like they're done yeah i feel like it's a spiritual sh shift you know time's up on them just like time was up on a whole bunch of people who have been doing things in these various places for years i don't think it's ever going to stop they're just probably going to go more underground whatever See, and that's so dangerous. <laughs> you you know, that is so dangerous. I don't know if you, it's, let me tell you, the reason I do this, okay, there's a, there's a theory, it's called the hundredth monkey theory. I don't know. If you guys are familiar with that, tap your mics. If you're on stage, if you've ever heard of the hundredth monkey theory, tap your mics. So one, two. Three. Four. Five. Okay. So most of the people on the stage have not heard of the monkey theory, monkey hundredth monkey theory. So the hundredth monkey theory is a theory of consciousness. Okay. And so here's how the story goes on an island somewhere in Japan or somewhere over in Asia. Um, you know, monkeys, the, you know, the, these potatoes would fall out of the trees onto the sand because they're on an island. And the monkeys would just generally eat them with the sand all over them. So one day, one monkey decided that he was going to go and wash the sand, you know, off of the potato. And um, once he started to do that, the other monkey started to do it until all the monkeys on that island started to wash their potatoes before they were just eating it. 
you know, with the sand on it. And this is sort of where you get the term monkey see, monkey do. At least that's what I think. Um, so anyways, here's the important part. The monkeys on another island who never came into contact with the monkeys on this particular island also started to do the same thing. So the theory is that at some point when a critical mass is reached, and we don't know what that number is. So, so let's just say there was a thousand monkeys on that island. Was it the 99th or the 999th monkey that watched this potato that created this critical mass to happen? So this critical mass is when most of uh, a group of people are thinking about things in a certain way. That consciousness transfers through frequencies that we can't see on the earth and other people just start doing it, right? So the reason why I bring that up is because we have to take back the power and stop saying this stuff like it's probably, you know, they're probably going to always be in power. There's nothing such as always. There's nothing such as always. It doesn't happen. We live in a society. We live in a world. If you understand the, um, you know, universal laws of duality. So one thing is for certain is that the pendulum will always swing the other way. Okay. Um, and so what goes up must come, come down you could never, you know, swing the pendulum in one direction and keep it there forever, but you can try to balance things out. And so this is when you have advanced knowledge on how to, you know, control your your environment or at least be in alignment with it versus you being controlled and pushed all over this this um chessboard the whole time. So please guys, let's try to have positive affirmations and have a positive outlook as we're doing this work. And as we're um, and, and just the way that we think about it, because the more of us that think the way that we are thinking, then that is how the consciousness change. And we will be able to impact people that we actually never even come in contact with. Are you guys putting down, picking up what I'm putting down? Yes. Can I get an amen. Amen. Yeah. I was clapping away. I was just observing the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need some. I'm gonna need some reinforcements. Okay, yeah. So on point. You know, you always got me. I gave it to you in the back, channel Lisa. You can pin it. In. So I mean, the point, guys, is that you know we can't always keep putting ourselves in a position of um of inferiority. And it, I understand that programming is deep and it takes a while to get out of it. But when you're saying, oh, they're always going to, you know, we're never going to be able to do this. And we're never going to be able to do that. It's, you know, what I'm saying you're actually speaking that into existence and it becomes manifest destiny. And Lisa, what's that called? It's called the hundredth monkey theory. Thank you. I agree. All right, you guys, who's on stage that wants to say anything? I'm kind of driving. Can you guys hear me? I'm worried that I'm going to see if you guys heard It's me. horrible, though. It's horrible. Okay, I'm, I'm a truck driver, so I'll wait till I stop. Thank you. No, I mean, we can hear you. Go ahead. <laughs> That's and, a, and all right. very loud. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about the 300 black boys between the age of 5 to 7. That went missing in Europe. I want to say um, in the early 2000s, late 2000s. Um, if I wasn't driving, I would be able to um, get the info. But anybody can Google this. 
um, I believe it was 300 black boys between the ages of four to seven that went missing within three months. And uh, this has been swept under the rug. Uh, I think they found one torso of one of the boys. So this stuff has been going on for a very long time all over the place. And I had stumbled across that, I want to say, two years ago. Um, Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing, Missouri. That reminds me of um, when, remember when Vanessa Gouleen was missing? And, uh, you know, the from the military base. Um, someone could put more specifics out there and correct me. Um, the, when there's a video of the president Trump speaking to the family and the mother was speaking in Spanish. I, I she didn't know how to speak English. And so the kids were translating for her and it was a live television. The mother starts talking about how her daughter, Vanessa, was like found all these babies um, on the base. And that and she was asking like these the military, like the other people at the base, like, what were they doing with these kids and these babies? And like, she's still saying this in Spanish. And the kids who are translating for her were like, um, they didn't want to translate what she was saying because they knew that they couldn't. But I speak fluent Spanish, so I was like, I can't believe this is real life. Did anyone else? I didn't see that video, but that's... It was crazy, and Trump was just like, wait, no, let her... Is she trying to say? And it and the... Um, the the like the the you know his entourage you know they they were in the Oval Office when this broadcast was happening or one whatever famous office in the White House and they stopped it they were like this this needs to they basically like shut it down and didn't allow the conversation to go further I'll fi- I'll try to find the video I'm sure. Hey, you guys. Um, Peace to everybody in the room. Um, I've been listening in. Um, I was looking up this stuff, you know, um, years ago um, when everything first popped off. But I kind of got out of the rabbit hole because it was just so much. I was like, oh, my God, these people are devils. And they really are. Um, So the guy Virgil. Um. Does anybody have any deets on how he's tied into this? I don't know if you guys spoke about it um, previously in the other room, but excuse me if I'm backtracking. No, it's fine because there are people in this room that may have not been in our room on Sunday. So on Sunday, um, Hocus had a room and I had already had like my Ghislaine Maxwell you know, ahead of the trial room plan because I had did one last Sunday. And then, um, you know, I was, you know, putting all my research together, putting it in the Discord and all of that stuff. And then I got a notification that Hocus had started the room. So I went in there and, um, you know, I was like, whoa, you know, this guy's Louis Vuitton, he just died, whatever. And everyone was in their building. And I was just like, is there a connection? Not knowing that the list that I had had of um, some defendants that were not named in this case in particular, but um, 
Ghislaine Maxwell's name was on the list as well as like Jay-Z, you know, um, Harvey Weinstein, Beyonce, Kanye, Rock Nation, and, you know, Miramar Sprint, just a lot, 38, you know, uh, entries to be exact. And um, I started, I did start a room, but um, Virgil Abloh's name was on that list as well, which is extremely disturbing. So I, you know, um, did my room on Virgil Abloh, um, Ghislaine Maxwell Connection. And so that's actually saved, if you want to go and listen to the replay, under my the club and the profile, my club's profile. And I think it's also under my profile as well. But if you're not following the club, guys, make sure you're doing that so that you can, you know, tap into all the events and things that we have going on. Um, but you, do you remember, have you heard of Frazzle Drip? Yes, I have. Okay. Now, remember that bloody face on the white t-shirt that Ellen DeGeneres and other celebrities were wearing, like the hoodie. Yeah, I remember. I actually well, saw the pictures were circulating real heavy at one point in at one point in time. I haven't seen them lately. Yes. And so he is the one that designed that graphic. Sips T. <laughs> Didn't he say it was part of Bob from uh Castaway with Tom Hanks, which is kind of funny because he's convicted pedophile too, which was interesting. Who Tom Hanks is a convicted convicted? Pedophile? He is well, not convicted, but he there. I mean, yeah, supposedly he, don't get my yeah. shut down because those are lies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, sorry. Uh, no, he there was investigations on. There was a girl that came out that she was trafficking when she was a little girl. Her dad was a trafficker yes. to uh, Tom Hanks. And then Tom Hanks was actually really good friends with Oprah Winfrey and also part of that organization with the God Healer as well. Yes. So, um, yep. And then he, his wife too. And that's why they fled, fled to Greece, if you remember. Um, and I mean, there's just a lot of things that add up about Tom Hanks, but that was the, the guy outed him. What's his name? Uh, Isaac Seth, Cappy. Seth Green's Isaac friend. Cappy. Huh? Isaac Cappy. Yep. Yep. I, uh, Seth Green outed. Uh, he Seth Green told him about pedophilia and stuff, and told him exactly what's going on. And then he's like, "What? Wait a minute! You know this isn't cool." You know. So then he started talking about it and all that. And then next thing you know, he got thrown off a bridge when he mentioned Tom Hanks. And which is really interesting. If you're always looking at Tom Hanks's Instagram, he always had a little kid shoe, a flip flop, one missing, like on like a vacant road. I mean, it was just very disturbing on his photos, which was very interesting. Yeah, they were like clues, kind of. Yep. Yep. Anyone who has not gone through, like, Isaac Cappy's videos, I just went through that the other day. I'm late to the party, but, like, he was giving some crazy facts, so if you Mm -hmm. haven't gone through that, definitely. Yep. Did anybody... One mic, please. One mic, one mic. Hold on one second. Um, Yes, I want to add confirmation to that. Um, both of those things, the young lady that said she was actually purchased, um, by Tom Hanks, her name is Sarah Ruth Ashcraft. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Um, we do have links. Thank you. We do have links to that are amazing, honestly, and I'll send them to you individually. If you back channel me, um, just so that the way, you know, these things are pieced together, it's unbelievable and leads to other things. We're not, we're not sending links. We're not doing that. (laughs) Okay. I just want people that like, believe me on this, like the way it's laid out and it gets lost. We're not, you know what I'm saying? They, 
Oh, okay, guys, you gotta join the Discord. I have a quick question. question. Quick question. I'm sorry. Does anybody remember that doctor from Brazil with Oprah? That she yeah, really the God go? Healer. John of What's God. What I said. Go the in God on healer. that, please. Go John in on God. that. I, I need the God Healer. He was the one that actually was raping all those women and producing all those children, and the children were being trafficked or used in rituals. But yeah. And Tom Hanks actually knows him, too. This is Becca. There is a girl that's on um, Instagram. And whenever Biden got um, got elected, she went on Facebook on her story and she was mad because um, she was she was born into this. Her mom gave her up as a child into the CPS and her whole life she's been in and out of CPS. Um, she said she's been gang raped by um, entire police departments. Um and her name, um, she was purchased by Biden, Joe Biden, um, as a teen, as a young girl, multiple times. She said that he um, he raped her so bad that she had to have reconstructive surgery. Um, and she's been she's actually been on the run um, since it came out. And she's got some really, really wild stories to tell. She's got receipts. She's got court documents. She's got everything. One of her um, social workers um, towards the end, whenever she was 18 and had to leave um, CPS, actually ended up adopting her. Um, but she doesn't have any parents. She doesn't have anybody. We were watching on Instagram live and a hitman came to her house to try to kill her. And she was showing and she They ran out of the back door and um, the guy left a message on her um, on her door saying that um, we're here for life insurance. And What's this was all on video. Okay, so she's got two pages because Instagram keeps blocking them. One of them is Lonnie's Truth, and it's L-A-N-I-S-T-R-U-T-H. And then her other account is X-O-O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y. And... Um, you know, she's been speaking out. She's literally been on the run with her with her her adopted mother, and they're they're they stay on live because that's the only thing that's kept them alive. We've seen them get pulled over, and the cops shake them down. She kept it on live, and they were going through all her stuff. And she's like, "What did you pull me over for?" What did and the cops are like, "You know, you know." And I mean, go watch her stuff. And if you go back to her ex ex Odyssey um, account, the very very beginning, that you'll see the video she post the video of the hitman going to her house he had a duffel bag and everything he jumped the fence so then she called the police and we're all on instagram live she calls the police and the police say we already verified that he um that he sells life insurance so you can't press charges and they were like he went and jumped my fence he was trespassing the cops were like nope you can't do anything can you i'm sorry can you repeat that um second username Yes. So I'll repeat both of them. So one is Lonnie's Truth. It's L-A-N-I-S-T-R-U-T-H. And her other page is X. And it's O-O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y. And she's trying to tell people that, that, you know, Barack Obama, all those people. And I mean, the receipts on her page are just mind blowing. She's she was raped and sold by um, who was the porn star that just got um, uh, that got charged. Um, uh, Ron Jeremy. Yes, he raped her as well multiple times. Oh he my raped God. her multiple times. She said she's named rappers. She said Too Short purchased her as a child and raped her. Um, 
she I mean I'm telling you she's she's naming names of all these people and she's literally she's like they're living in their van sometimes um, there's been people who have tried who have said um, I'll give you a place to stay if you come to this area and she don't she doesn't trust anybody because she's already had a couple of people try to set her up and she's even gone where people have given her a house and then people have broken into that house that people were allowing her to stay in and they had to run and jump the window jump out the window and she'll be on live so that way you can see what's going on yeah um, actually um, sorry Becca I think um, Lisa put that in this board just want to throw it Okay, but anybody else, if you guys go look it up, I mean, this this girl break it breaks my heart, and she's very angry. So get get be be prepared for that. But you have to understand, she's been raped and sold her whole life, and nobody yeah, I'm on her. Page, she's on the run, and, and so she, she's very angry. But you have to understand where she's coming from. She is all about what's the her children. name? Lonnie's Truth, L A N I S T R U T H, and then the other one is. Um, X, let's see, it's X zero, uh, sorry, X O O D Y S S E Y. And that's on Facebook? You, you, oh, Instagram. No, Instagram. You know what's interesting? When I tried to pull up Lonnie's Truth, it wouldn't come up, but then I went to the XO Odyssey and she had it tagged and I was able to pull it up, but it's not even like yeah. allowing you. There's another woman named Bryce Taylor. She wrote a book called Thanks for the Memories. Her handlers were Bob Hope and Henry Kissinger. And she goes into detail of everything about the MK Ultra program. But she just got her memories back. Her child, she, she's been pregnant so many times. She had so many abortions. She had so many children that one of her daughters was brought into the MK Ultra program, the trafficking, and that she wrote the book in order to sell it so she could get her daughter out of it which was very interesting. But she witnessed things when she was a little girl going on the Ed Sullivan show and witnessing the Jackson five getting like sodomized before they were even go on stage. Like it, they were MK ultra uh, children as well. And she that's also witnessed Bryce Taylor. Yes. That's yeah. A, Bryce Kathleen O'Brien. No, Kathleen O'Brien. A Bryce transformation Taylor of her, America. Right. But Bryce Taylor was her, it wasn't her MK ultra name. No, there are two different women. Two okay. different victims. Okay. Um, tomorrow, okay. I'm actually doing a room on um, awesome. Kathleen O'Brien's room, uh, uh, her her book that details all of this stuff, and it talks about how they actually program them and how they uh, use MK uh, Ultra for uh, that. And, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it's Bryce Taylor and Kathleen O'Brien, um, two different women, and they were both all yeah. um, raped by. Um, Also, when I was speaking on the um, young boys in the UK, you guys can check out my PTR, and because um, I know you can't barely hear me. Let's not forget about the Olsen twins, too. Oh my God, that is so tragic. That's yeah, and, and see, that's I want you to expand on that. Um, but you know, it's just seeing them on Full House. And it's it's like the same thing, like with the Disney, um, you know, kids on Nickelodeon and the Mickey Mouse Club and all of that. This is like a system that that's why I tell people all the time, like, don't envy these people that you think have all these riches because you have no idea what their lives are really like. Exactly. And so you could just see without really knowing 
what actually happened, like the outcome and how they grew up to be, that something went terribly wrong, you know, in the process. But go ahead and um, expound um, XO on the, the, the Olsen twins, if you Oh, yeah. I mean, you pretty much hit it on the head. Um, I think that I saw the the result uh, or the effect of whatever happened in, in their childhood um, is when I saw them with the older men and married to them. And um, I read a lot, you know, I, I've, I've YouTubed a lot and prior to all this kind of coming out about the Maxwell's. I was very interested in that. And then uh, Woody Allen. I don't know if anybody brought that up. Um, with uh, his his daughter, his stepdaughter. So um, he's the sickest case I've ever heard. And very and very blatant and 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 outward and out there. You know, I I feel like he was one of the the first people to. Um, kind of display it in front of everybody you know they would go to basketball games and and different different events together uh and it was not hidden whatsoever so that as a and as a child I was like wow this is a little weird and suspect um and then uh the other day I brought up Roseanne she's the one that kind of outed the whole MK Ultra and you see the result of her uh her success now and um, with her show. And it's like, it just seems like every whistleblower or person that came out into the forefront uh, faces some sort of backlash and whatnot. But I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. You know what's crazy about the whole Woody Allen thing is that I went to this high school where we had a, a postmodern uh, art class basically it's an English class but um, we definitely were looked at like the Woody Allen stuff and I can recall like my teacher being like yeah he's like a pedophile but like don't pay attention to that just like pay attention to his work and it's like what like you know there's so many people and teachers and other fans or whatever who have done the same thing and tried to probably like convince kids to also sweep it under the rug in case it like ever happened to them or whatever And there's one too. Um, Drew Barrymore talked about it when she was growing up because you know she was a child star. She said they used to give her cocaine when she was twelve. She said she was. For, she said they would make her come to like the older parties, and um, you know what I'm saying. Obviously, there was details that she left out. But they and then uh, Bob Saget. They did a roast on Bob Saget a few. I don't know how long ago it was, but I've seen it recently seen it and they were joking about how he's got like five dead prostitutes in his backyard and um, younger girls like that. It's so, it is so prevalent that they make jokes. Corey Feldman been talking about it since day one and they been him like, like he. Yeah. I remember the other Corey, Corey Hammer, who was like one of his best friends. I think they were both in the film stand by me. He killed himself because of River Phoenix. And that's why Corey Feldman. Huh? River Phoenix. With, with, with River Phoenix, but there was another Corey that also killed himself. Corey. Corey Aim, but he, he OD'd. Yep, Corey Aim. He OD'd, actually. Alleged. Yeah. Um, actually, a friend of mine, his girlfriend actually does masseuse therapy for uh, Corey Feldman. And actually, what was very interesting, before he released his documentary, he told her that, well, she, he had security at his house because of the fact that he was actually threatened. They tried to kill him uh 
somewhere on a street corner or whatever before he was trying to release that video. You remember that movie when he re- when he outed uh, Charlie Sheen and stuff like that, and they shut yeah. it down. Oh. We were trying to stream it. They shut everything down. Like we couldn't get it till the next day or whatever. But it was pretty crazy. But yeah, he his book too even even explained the fact that when they were kids, literally they would run to Michael Jackson for protection because he knew what was going on. So he said a lot of this stuff with the Michael situation is false. That was in- of him being. Yep. We we all know that Michael was like the same so they, they party will continue. They- Do y'all remember yep. that movie Poltergeist? The little blonde yep. girl. Okay, so. She died, and the rumor, and Corey Feldman, no, 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 it was Macaulay Culkin, um, the kid from Home Alone, said that um, that she was taken into a back room, and basically a bunch of Hollywood directors raped her and sodomized her, and they were so brutal to her that they literally ripped her, her internal organs, and she bled to death, um, and they ruled her, um, they ruled her death as... Um, like stomach problems, stomach problem. No, it was stomach problems or something like that, that she had a stomach illness or something, but that's what they ruled it. And he said, no, they raped her until she basically died. And that's why he's so messed up. Macaulay yep. Culkin, well, probably one of them. Yep. And I'm sure it, it, it happens all the time. And I, I mean, even think about like Shirley Temple, Shirley Temple says the same thing. I mean, all, if you look at all her movies, um, She's she's basically in like bikinis, and there's she's surrounded by men. Judy she's Garland. Like Didn't yeah. they say they turned yeah. her into Another some one. red shoes or something like that? Yep, they killed her too. Judy Garland. Yeah, they killed Judy Garland too. They made shoes out of Judy. They was exposing a lot of that too. Like a lot of them when they got older, Lucille Ball, Marilyn Monroe, Judy. You're uh, super low. Hey guys. Hello. Oh, oh, did I? Sorry. Hello. Uh, hi, I, I just wanted to share. Um, I think, Lisa, you had shared something. Thank you for uh, providing this space. I think, Lisa, you shared, you know, when growing up and seeing this child stars, I used to grow up, I used to feel envy and, and want to kind of live the lifestyle that they lived. And then when you grow up and I guess when you eyes become enlightened and you um they're opened up you kind of see what goes on behind the scenes um and I find it interesting when some of these child stars kind of break out out of this um uh gatekeeper world that they're in um I can recall I, I used to watch uh, that's a raven and um there was this guy named Eddie a uh, real name Orlando Brown and when he came out um, and started exposing what goes on behind the scenes and what some of these kids, uh, child stars go through. I think it's interesting to see that not just uh, Orlando Brown and all these child stars that come out and later expose what goes on because they have a mental breakdown. They're often labeled as crazy and everything that they say, um, it's almost like society wants to perceive them like, okay, this one is just, you know, this one is just nuts. Like, let's not believe them. But there's so much truth to what they're saying that oftentimes that you have this media um, and this machines trying to label everything that they say is, um, is false. I think there was even this one lady, I forget her name, but um, 
um, ooh, I forget her name, but she was uh, featured in a lot of YouTube vlogs where she came out um, um, and started really exposing what was happening within the entertainment industry. Um, Jaguar, right? I think that was her name. And then just like that, you know, a lot of reports started coming out that, you know, she's losing her mind. So I just find it interesting when they start exposing what's going on behind the scenes, the narrative is always changed to what they think that society uh, will um, better uh digest um and they'd rather believe that you know when this is crazy rather than hey maybe this person not just one person but there are multiple people coming out and having the same traumatic stories maybe there's a truth to that brown said will smith will smith raped him as a child multiple times Mm -hmm. brown said that yep he called him out and told him he said you raped me multiple times as a child i'm sorry i didn't hear orlando brown orlando brown yeah who no who Will Smith. Wait, oh, but didn't Will Smith wow. just say that he came out and said that, okay, no, I swear to God, he had an article that was like literally last week, you guys, and it said that he was having sex so much that it repulsed him and, and have, having an orgasm made him throw up. Now, at what point were you having sex with Jada and you had to throw up? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, that article was out last. Well, week. well, Jada, Jada's his beard, so I'm sure he probably doesn't even have sex with her. When he found out he was in an entanglement, y'all saw a mess. <laughs> <laughs> not, but he said that it would psychosomatic. I feel like that. He said it would give him a psychosomatic <laughs> reaction. That's probably why we she got in. I've, I've never heard anybody say that they that they, that they threw up after sex, or they had so much sex that they had psychosomatic reactions to sex. That was a very weird article. Not to cut you off, I'm so sorry, but do you guys remember that um, Will Smith's first movie was Six Degrees of Separation? Yeah, remember yes. that? Yes. Yeah. He had the scene. He had the gay scene. Oh shit. Do you guys see how, like, Will Smith loves to kiss his son on the lips, too? And, like, I feel like their kids look a little bit troubled. Now, wait up, wait up, wait up. I kiss my son on the lips because I love him so much. No, no, I know. But the way, like, if you see in the interviews, you could tell that his son is, like, uncomfortable with it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But, like, to the level that he does is a little bit concerning. Mm-hmm. Like, when he gets and older. His son, is a, his son is feminine and Willow is a tomboy. Just, just... He's a Scientologist. He probably um, sacrificed. Okay, hold on. Lisa had something to say before she was interrupted. Oh, um, I think what I was going to say was that um, there's a lot of things that they have to do in the public. Y- you know what I mean? It's like a part of their, um, of what their initiation, in- initiation, like not even initiation because they're already done with the initiation. But like, for example, um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was a picture that I posted into the Discord about when Kyle Rittenhouse did his um, trial. But he had that hidden hand symbol. If you notice, Prince Harry, look, just pay attention. It's a Masonic symbol. They have symbols that they show each other all the time. Now, what we're used to so much seeing is like the 666, the, you know, which they're saying is the OK sign, the devil horns, you know what I'm saying, you know, hang loose that sign. And we're used to seeing certain things that they do, like uh, covering the eye or whatever. But there's other symbols like 
even with um i forget to w- which cover it was on of which magazine with michelle obama when you know um you know her husband was the president but if you just look and it's very subtle but she's given the devil horns but it's a very subtle symbol just pay attention but kyle rittenhouse literally had a hidden hand symbol it where he put his hand inside of his um jacket you know his um suit jacket and that's a Masonic symbol that he's down with the brother. Hey, you got to post that picture, Lisa. I got to see that. Who said that? It's Omar. Where Omar at? I didn't even know you were on the stage. Oh, hey, Omar. Hey, yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody post that picture. I got to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's unbelievable. Hot Speaking of devil horns, her hand is pointed on, in one the bottom right corner. Yeah, let's finish. Let's finish. Um, I'm gonna PTR that in just a second. Because um, I got, I got, because yeah, I got so. pictures of uh, Kim Jong and Kanye West doing the same uh, Masonic pose with the hand inside the coat. So that's why yeah. when you hear stuff about North Korea and America, it's all a show. You know, they're all in the same. Exactly, exactly. So when you see like, you know, uh, Will Smith is not the first one. The thing about it is, we're when we're in watching television and movies. You know, whatever we're watching, we're in a trance. And that's what people don't realize that you're, you're, because what they, what do they tell you? They tell you, they tell you to suspend disbelief, right? So when you see certain things, you're like, you already, they've already put that program into you that this is not real life. You know what I mean? So what happens is when you're seeing everything on television, there's a certain part of you, even if it's a talk show or something like that, where, you know, there's a certain part of you that you have separated reality from what you're seeing but what they're showing you is their reality you you know so um just keep that in mind so with the 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 thing with will smith his son did look uncomfortable all i think all these children are born into that you know i don't want to paint everybody with a, a broad brush or anything like that but we know what the industry is and you know i the only way that we're gonna basically get this stuff to like have an impact on it is to it see the thing is it's the people it's it is us you know what i'm saying that supports this that makes this possible and that's i know that's a heavy burden to shoulder but that's the truth if it wasn't for you but if everybody in the world thought the way that we thought do you think that that these people could keep doing that what they're doing they can't because now it's exposed and then that's how it falls so that's why we do what we do. I'm going to teach you that picture, though. Um, I was just going to say, Lisa, that here in the UK... Um, I already beat you, too. Actually... Just a second, guys. Okay, I thanks. think the oh, lady... I appreciate it. <laughs> I Sorry, I was just going to say that here in the UK... Just a second, please. Oh, we have a correspondent back. Yeah, she's back. She's on stage. Tanya is on stage. Somebody mod her, please. Got her. Tanya. Okay. Awesome. So, okay, guys, Tanya is one of our correspondents that was actually in the courtroom today. She took a break um, when they, they broke for lunch. She came in about 1 p.m. We started the room at 12 and she gave us an update on what's going on. So Tanya's back. I'm sorry, this is breaking news. We're going to put the mic to Tanya and let her update us on what she witnessed in the courtroom today. Go ahead, Tanya. You have- Hi. Can, can you hear me? I don't know if there's some noise in the background yeah okay okay well since probably lunchtime um the pilot was on at the first in the morning right the the main pilot who um who was actually oh 
Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay. I don't know why this is coming here. It feels like it's staticky. You hear static? I don't know. We can hear you. It might not be me. We hear a little bit of static, but... That's not, that's not me, though. Hey, OC, that's not you're me. Hot. You're making... Okay. Guys, oh, Becca? Mics on. okay, there we go. Um, thank you, because I couldn't think. Um, so, so the first, the first uh, in the morning, it was a, the pilot who's been with him for 20 years, and you know, as I said earlier, you know, he he was asked by the prosecution, would you actually have your kids massaged by, you know, or would you have your kids massage Epstein? And he said, no, no, of course not. So that was the only comeback after lunch because I was wondering if the prosecution would even ask anything of him. The last that happened before lunch was he established that he received 20 acres from Epstein. He, you know, his children were all financially taken care of in terms of school. And you know, this is outside of his um, his paycheck, but he also had an apartment in New York. So it's it's... You know, even though he was actually a witness for the prosecution, he very much seemed like he was a witness for the defense, just the way that he was speaking. And then um, after, there was Jane Doe, um, who I, you know, we've decided to not say, maybe Lisa will back channel you, but um, in terms of saying, I mean, it, it really is not fair to actually say who that was. I actually can only speculate, so I don't really want to say anything that's not fact. But um, Tanya, Tanya, not to cut you off, but we were wondering that because um, Hope has gave us an update, some stuff that was being posted on Twitter, and I was wondering if that person actually up in court, you know, because so some of the testimony read it. Yeah, but just out of respect, you know, it's just good. If she doesn't want to be, you know, identified. Then, then let's just. But was she in court though? She was. She was in court, and um, and she is an actress, you know, and, and working in the entertainment business for more than twenty years. And um, that name. Um. Yeah, and this is still like an assumption, right? Like I can't really say I wasn't in the room, but I did see her on TV. Like e- each room, there's like seven rooms, and I think I was in the second room. But either way, there's still just you know whatever. Um. So she definitely established that Galen was in the room very often when she was, you know, um, servicing um, Epstein. It got really dark. I mean, she said a lot of details. It, it was very, very detailed. And um, and it made everybody in, 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 in the courtroom's stomach turn because it was just, it was a lot. I mean, she went through a lot between the ages of 14 and 22. I mean, she, and, and the only reason why she stopped at 22 was because she was, um, she had a fiance and he was like, well, who's that that's calling you? And she would say, well, he's my godfather. And it was because he was still paying for his mother's house in New York or apartment in New York. So he was, she was still kind of under his wing, um, but she was really trying to separate by 22. And he literally said on a voicemail, I'm not sure if she saved the voicemail, but it said, you know, she was saying, you better take my call because I actually pay, still pay for your mom's apartment, so you should be available to me all the time. And she's already 22 at this point, right? From 14. So, and Ghislaine was in the, you know, was was there throughout. And um, I don't know if you guys have any questions about this witness. She was there all day, and she may come back tomorrow. But um, any anything that specific you guys want to ask? Yeah. So, was Ghislaine Maxwell? Did you get a chance to see her? Yes. Can you tell us about her body language while this testimony? 
Um, she was very composed most of the time, but um, it, it was really uncomfortable. There were two times where the defense and the prosecution went into the judge's chambers, and Ghislaine and Jane Doe were left out there. She was on the witness stand, and they were just doing, well, really it was Ghislaine doing like an eye war with her, just trying to get her eyes, and it was super uncomfortable for her. I could just see, like, and it was like a good 10 minutes um, both times, and so she was just standing there, and it was just her and Ghislaine, literally no lawyers. She was just sitting at the table, and, and the witness was on at, you know, right next to where the judge sits or whatever. So that was like the, the only time where it got really kind of heated. I wasn't in that room, but I could only feel, you know, just she could see that she was trying to distract herself by not looking at her, but she was right there, right in front of her. Did you get the feeling that Ghislaine was trying to intimidate her Oh, yes. She was, um, you know, um, yes, definitely um, transferred back to that place of victim, like when she was like possibly reliving um, those experiences that she had. Definitely. I mean, I definitely, I mean, she was trying to, she, she didn't move her eyes from her. Like, it was like the girl was like looking away, then she kind of looked back at her and, she, you know, and she'd catch her eyes or whatever. But Ghislaine was like literally just dead staring at her the entire time while she was on, um, witness stand so i mean with me not being there and just hearing how you're playing it, it sounds like she you know is not innocent and she's definitely you know just reading body language and if there's any body language experts in here although you know we don't have an actual visual but just through the description if you could add you know like the commentary if anybody knows somebody like that oh yeah you know, i can leave yeah hang them into the room or something no, okay. but just from a average person it sounds like her behavior, just from what you described, seems in and of itself to be extremely predatory. Right. And it almost seems like Ghislaine thinks that she could get away with it. Like, but just by staring, like, I don't understand. Like, if you are in this corner, why not just, I mean, I know this is a stupid question, but you know what I mean? Like, I it's to, to see that Ghislaine was like mad and upset at this witness you think that she, at this point she would throw her gloves in and be like all right like if I'm going down I'm taking everyone else no they're they're narcissists it, they sold their soul oh no no there was no there was I mean there was no remorse as much as she was saying and this was kind of a big deal is that she was saying that when she got picked up she her parents her her dad had just died. Her mom was manic depressant, and um, she was going through a lot emotionally. So it was like the perfect victim. I mean, like she was, I don't know. She painted herself as the perfect victim, and and it, she was just very vulnerable. And when she kept describing the feeling when she was going through all of this, she said it was just confusion, shame, and disgust. And every time she had to go in the room and service him, it was a big deal. And she went to the ranch. She went to the New Mexico ranch. She went to the to pretty much all the properties, the main properties, not Paris, but she went to the New York um, location and she was located in Palm Beach, so she was always accessible. And what, what does she get for doing all this, like servicing him or whatever? Does she get something like compensated or are they just say, we just gonna take care of your mom or whatever? Sorry, um, she was put through, um, through school, through the university. She also, when she moved to New York, and um, what was I going to say? She wasn't, she wasn't poor. 
um, they had some kind of down and out situation in terms of losing their house and then having to move into an apartment, like a gated community in Florida, like very common. But they had five kids. You know, she had five kids and uh, this witness was one of the five kids. And also um, her mom, I mean, her mom was a very unemotional person. So she just said, you know, just be grateful that you're, you know, she wasn't like someone you could tell these issues to. And she would just tell her, just keep going there. And she was compensated. Um, not from the, before she even actually was intimate with him. So at first she was hanging out and then she ended up doing the first act. But before she even did that, she was getting paid. She would bring in, and it would end. She would, the first time he ever gave her money, he said to her, this is for your mom. Like, you know, cause she was like, no, I don't want any money. Like I'm just hanging out here. And, um, and he said, no, no, it's for your mom. You know, we know that it's, it's tough raising five kids, blah, blah, blah. So that, that's how it started. And she just kept on with that, you know, and her, her mom encouraged it. I mean, plain and simple. She didn't, when she tried to tell the social worker, um, she said, you know, don't tell the social worker your personal life, you know, and this wasn't even about um, what she was going through with Epstein, just like don't share anything emotional to anyone. You know, that's not how our family runs. So technically she was just kind of closed off. And this is just the first witness. Like there's going to be multiple witnesses that are our Epstein uh, victims because the way she put it, she was mainly in the room with him. There were many times where Epstein was kind of alone, but there were many times where she was in the room, you know, also playing with toys and a whole bunch of stuff, you know, and orgies and things. Hey, Tanya, were you at, um, in the room yesterday or the other day with, I was, do you, what, what's your opinion, uh, based off like, uh, Ghislaine's body language and, and, and language in general versus like the, the portrait that, um, Amanda was trying to portray. Do you think that she was like kind of trying to portray that, that innocent, I had no idea type of thing. Well, I will say what the, what the witness said, the witness said, you know, Ghislaine was, you know, she was a, she was cold. She was a kind of a colder individual. She was, you know, tried to be her girlfriend, like the older sister type, but she was still, you know, somewhat cold. And, um, but, but nonetheless, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like she, she played the older sister role to all of these, all these, all these, you know, um, uh, um, yeah. Yes. These children. Exactly. And so uh, Tanya, how many times did, uh, how many times did uh, the defendant and the, and the accuser go into the judge's room? Cause that's never a good no, thing. No, no, no. They were left in the, in the main court courtroom while the, the defendant and the, the, the prosecution and the defense went into the, the judge's room. So they were left in the courthouse, just, you know, her on the witness stand and, and, uh, Ghislaine, you know, at the desk, but by herself. Yeah, and the and the They're, judge went with them. I'm I'm, ter- I'm, in, I'm saying in terms of their lawyers, or in terms of like the defense was completely gone. It was just Ghislaine sitting by herself, and right. then it was, you know, no prosecution. They all went into the judge's room, and she was just. I just thought it was just really awful that they couldn't just remove That's her weird. from there and then That's just strange. bring her back in. You know, it was just uncomfortable. I don't think that they thought of it, which I thought was just, or maybe that, I think it's more of a, a, 
it's time consuming to take her off and on the stand. So once she's on the stand, she's on the stand and she basically has to deal. No, I think that that was calculated. I really think that it was. And because yeah. they're all a part of it. And that was an intimidation tactic. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that thing is sophisticated yeah, intimidation tactic. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Does anybody else have any questions for Tanya? Tanya, thank you so much, guys. Listen, give her a follow, you know, follow, follow, follow. Give Tanya a follow. She has now become an official <clears throat> correspondent of the Matrix Unveil Club on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. We're building this team. We have been working together. Um, I did the first room last Sunday about this and then i did the follow-up room sunday um yesterday and the day before you know twice and so this is um we did this is our third or fourth room um two of the rooms did not get saved because we went too long i had to clip the room earlier and um and start a new room and so we're here because we were waiting for tanya to come back we also have two other correspondents on the ground that were um at the trial today but we haven't heard back from them just yet so just guys just stay tuned make sure you follow the club Make sure you follow, um, click the Discord link at the top. Join the Discord. We have a ton of information. All of the the, the details are going to be in there about you know um, even beyond the trial and just the whole history. Um, the Discord is full of chock full of information, not just about this trial, but just about pulling back the the matrix. You know, on the new World order agenda. You know, we're talking about vaccines. You know, the receipts, receipts, receipts galore. And a lot of work has been put into building that. So, guys, definitely click on that link and join our Discord server. Um, does anybody have any other questions for Tanya? I do. Um, thank you. So, Tanya, when they were talking about the sexual acts, did they make it seem like it was, like, strictly for sexual pleasure? Or was there any element of um, illustrating how sadistic and how far-reaching it went? No, it was definitely, I mean, the way she made it sound, at least so far, is that it was just for entertainment, whatever, whoever was there. Um, I mean, it was mainly, the way she painted it, this particular witness, is that she only was with women and Ghislaine and, and Epstein in the room when there was that type of situation going on. But she did mention that every home that she went to was extremely dark. When she was describing the rooms, she just felt, like, really eerie, like that there were a lot of animals um, in paintings that just were not animals. They were just, I, I mean, she, I think she's very naive, so she probably didn't understand, but she just said like they, he had a lot of animals that were just really creepy and not animals, you know, in different paintings and obviously like photographs of, you know, different women who are naked or whatnot, but that was one of the things. And, um, so that was just how she described her experience. It felt really dark and she didn't even want to look at the walls. She's like, I got creeped out and just went where I needed to go because she just felt like it just was so dark. And when you say naive, we're talking about a, a woman who's grown now, like maybe in her forties or so. Well, she, she was, if she was 14 in 99. All right. Thank you. I have a question, actually. Just so, does she? Because you were talking about it was dark. So, did she talk about anything that sounded anything similar to any sort of like ritual or anything like that that was dark? Not at all. Um, there wasn't anything like that. There were uh, a list of names who were given that um, that the pilot said. I don't think I said that earlier, but just a list of people that we we have heard many of those names. I think the one that like surprised me is that. 
actually Trump was on that plane much, much more times than was said in, in the news, right? And so the pilot said that he's, you know, because she said, who is the most common name that you remember seeing? And he said, Trump. So, but I mean, not to say that he said any, he, he was like a see no evil, like literally didn't see anything ever. So, um, but he did say Trump was on the plane. Did you did um, by any chance when he says a, a lot? By uh, do you know like the last time or like like the most recent time like that he can remember like a date? Well, I mean, he he for him, I mean, he's throw he, the way he the way that the defense I think or someone was saying that he had a thousand flights logged in his history over twenty years. So he didn't remember. He's like, well, I log them as hours, but he's like, in terms of who I remember seeing, he's like, yeah, I saw Clinton a lot. Yeah, I saw, you know, um, <sighs> there's just some other figures that I'll look at my notes. But he, I was just surprised he mentioned Trump at all, let alone more than once. I'm not surprised. They want to they want to take Trump down or talk to things about Trump because they know what's happening in 20. What? I think he's saying, okay. yeah, I mean, I think he was honestly just on the stand. It, it, it sounded very sincere. I don't know. But just, he, I mean, he, he hardly said any truths at all. He just constantly, like I said, the, the, the defense kept leading him. He, they would just have such leading questions. But this one, he, you know, when they asked him straight up, who do you remember? He just pointed it out. I think if, um, in this may be way, way off from, anyways, I think that if Jeffrey Epstein is still alive, she's going to be found guilty. If he's really dead, she's going. Well, he's definitely still, so we'll see. And don't forget that Trump kicked Jeffrey Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago for, for uh, bothering the little girl. Wait, um, I do want to know why did that lady feel like she would be found innocent if he was dead? And guilty if he was alive. Well, because it said that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. However, a lot of times when these figures who have done something wrong, they're in trouble, they're often found dead by suicide. So a lot of people think that it's not suicide, that they're taken by, I'm going to say, the CIA and used in a different way. I, I think that they are true. Like they're really disgusting individuals who sell their souls or whatever, whatever you believe. So if he is still alive, she's really going to have to be the one to blame. So people don't continue to search for him so they can dead the story. Or if he's really dead, she's going to then prove like, look, you know, because who, who's it going to, they're going to blame it on a dead. Also the fact that he changed his will two days before. Like I said, two days before he died to the five to the 1953 trust, because if 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 he didn't do that, all of his assets would have went to his brother Mark. So if you were gonna have a way to where you faked your death or you made it look like you would die and you change it to a trust to where those beneficiaries aren't mentioned and you can't see who those beneficiaries are, it would be a way for you to reclaim your assets. I have a question. Um... And you guys can tell me if this question is, if, if it doesn't fit into the conversation, but I'm familiar with the room, but I just have a question. Um, I've, I've noticed a lot of people seem to be okay with Trump. They seem to maybe even like Trump, maybe even be pro-Trump. So if we can believe everything that we've all discussed, 
throughout like the history of this room. How can we not believe that Trump isn't, he should be part of the list of people that we don't trust and that we don't like and that we don't give grace to? Carlos, give me a second. One second, Dr. Lynn, I'm Mike, and she hasn't spoken very much. Oh, no, I was just agreeing with her. I absolutely agree. Actually, that's what came to my mind. It, it confuses me because anytime someone brings up Trump, it, there is always someone, and I'm not looking at my phone, so I don't know who exactly, but there's always someone who, <laughs> who provides some sort of out for him or some sort of, some sort of validation for his behavior or just, or just blatantly just like love for him. So I'm confused by that. If we can believe everything else, how do we not believe? And we are all are entitled to our own opinions. So I'm just really trying to figure it out. Like, why are we, why, why are some people okay or pro-Trump? I could just say for me, because fake news is fake news. Two, he was the only one that was pushing this agenda very hard, and it actually went away after he went away. Three, um, I know that they want to discredit everything that he stands for because I'd rather him be the president right now than the Biden that y'all got going on. That's how (laughs) my... But that that doesn't really have have a little bit of 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 a this illusion of choice. They are all on the same team. And although like they, they have their own agenda, right? And so, but ultimately they're fighting for who's going to have power over the masses. They don't consider you to be people. Now, one party, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's the devil that you know versus the devil that you don't know. But we have to get outside of this loving on people. You know what I mean? So, okay, yes. When Trump was in office, you know, we had you know, the unemployment was going down, you know, um, gas prices were lower, things, the economy was becoming more stabilized. Those are all facts. You know what I'm saying? Those are things that are true, but you can't latch onto that and then put him to a savior position as though Trump is a savior of America. You know, it's just, it's, you got to go with the guy that's going to benefit you the most. Time. And, that's and that was my question, Lisa, you, because I understand it's not, a, no, I, my on. question isn't, a, okay, hold go ahead. Hold on. Yeah, you guys can't get emotionally attached because they're not emotionally attached to anything. It's about the best outcome for their situation. And you learn how to understand that and remove your emotions from that. Okay? So this, we're going to go from, you know, if we're going to get black people out of the Democratic Party, because black people have been a slave to democracy, this, this Democratic Party forever, just based upon the civil rights movement and, oh, our ancestors died so that we can vote. Bullshit. Okay? We got to get out of that because this is much, This there's so many levels to this. And that's, these are the things that you're being revealed to. This is why you're in the Matrix Unveil Club. Okay? It's not, you, you have to understand the 48 laws of power. You have to understand how to step back, become the observer, and make moves based upon you know what I'm saying? What is going to benefit you, your situation, and your family, and the people that you care about for your situation? 
Okay. And that's not, I'm loving Trump. on this person and that person. <laughs> you still have the Messiah complex when you're moving that way. So remove the emotions. You know, I, I okay. Trump did X, Y, and Z. Okay. That's good. We, I think it would be better if we had Trump in office right now than we, if we had Biden in office. However, I don't, I'm not caping for neither one of them, period. Because I understand that they're just the opposite sides of the same coin. You got to really understand how right. this works, you guys. That's all I'm telling you. So, you know, that's another lesson to learn. So when we're having these conversations, try to wrap your mind around that. Because I noticed that there's a trend of a lot of black people going like, you know, Oh, Trump, 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 Trump. That's fine. Because I mean, I get that. Break away from that slave ass party of the Democrats because they just don't give a shit about black people at all. And, you know, there's a thing called um, benign neglect. Okay. Which was agreed upon a long time ago. We don't have voting blocks. I don't want to make this into a political thing. Okay. But we don't have voting blocks. Okay. Other races of people and other voting groups you know, they have blocks and that's how they're able to get things done in their communities. We don't have that because they said never promise black people anything. Okay. And that way you don't have to hold, have any accountability. And that's called benign neglect. That's a policy that was put in place. So y'all got to stop loving up on these politicians. You know what I mean? So you just, I'm, I'm going to just land right there, but I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'm not like, oh yeah, Trump, 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 Trump. You know, it's, it's like you're still choosing. Don't choose. And that's where the power lies. The people that are in power don't choose. You have to choose yourself. So it's not a this or a that or an either or. Do not choose. Cre choose the balance. You know what I'm saying? And choose yourself and which is going, who is going to affect you the most. And when you start putting your mind that way, then you're in the beginning stages of getting the best outcome. I just think we need to stop looking for favors. One second. So can I follow up with my question? Because I never really got my question answered. I'd like to answer your question, Mika. I'd like to answer. One mic, please. We'll get to you. One mic, please. One mic. Guys, hold on. Okay, listen, 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 listen. I don't like to do cues in my room. I actually really hate them. You know what I'm saying? Like the only rule that I have, guys, is just let other people speak. I promise you that we will allow everyone, you know, to get an opportunity to get their voice in. But if everyone is speaking at the same time, we can't hear them. Whoever on mics first, you know what I'm saying? You got to be, you got to you gotta get that trigger finger together. <laughs> you know and if I mean? Ahmad is speaking, please allow them to speak. <laughs> yes, that part. Okay. But you got to get that trigger finger together. But also at the same time, you know, even if you can't get it and you hear, just fall back a little bit. You know, let one voice take center stage and then, you know, you'll get it the next time. That's yes. it. Yes, you know, so I'd like to make two points. I'd like to make two. I'd like to make two short points. One second, still, one second, because I think Brie was still. Brie, were you oh, thank you, beloved. Um, I was saying something, but I'm over it. Did you have something to say? Yeah, I was actually going to say, so I was going to follow up, especially with calling out the whole Matrix reveal part. There is no spoon. There is no choices that you should make that's going to, any choice that pushes you towards separation isn't really the choice that's going mm. to put us to back to the one. We are all connected. It's not about vax, unvax. It's not about red pill, blue pill even. Like, it's about the gold pill, and that's your mind. And even saying it like that is still about separation. So it's not, it's not choices like that. It's about free will. Mm. And mm. everybody's allowed to have 
choice to create their own universe and live their own life and, and be able to manifest all oh, of yeah. it. You know? So like, and then going back into um, a little bit more, like we don't even choose the president. And so like when, when people are talking about Trump and stuff like that, like the president is really just like a person that's for public sentiment. Like they push people to where the deep state shadow government really wants them to go. What Trump did was starting to wake people up. And the fact that people chose to go back to Biden, it means that they want to go back to sleep. And that's just, that's just that part, you know? And so they're they're moving accordingly. And then when you still, and like the one thing I say about Trump as well, like I was all like, go Trump, go Trump, go Trump, especially for that Hillary Clinton prosecution. You know, like I was like the one person, I was like, finally, we're going to have somebody that's in office as a president that's going to prosecute her. And as soon as he got into office, he dropped that shit. And he said that she didn't need to get prosecuted. And so that right there was very clear that he wasn't really for us. All right. And that was very early on in his in his presidency. Yeah, he did a bunch of different things to help the, the black community get the taxes, all that different stuff. But very early on, he told us that, like, all that QAnon stuff and everything like that, it's kind of a joke to him. Because if it wasn't, he would prosecute it. And, so and you know what, just to add there. to that, I, I mean, I, I think that is so powerful what you just said about him, because when he talked about, like, everything to do with, you know, children at, on that same token, Anytime that Ghislaine had anything to do with Ghislaine, she, it was all of a sudden, oh, I wish her well. I hope they treat her well. Nothing to do with like, yeah, actually, you know what? I stepped away. I felt really uncomfortable around what they were doing. Nothing. So just, you know, he felt. So, so this uh, brings me back I, to my question. I'd like to make a, one like one second a, and I will get your I'm, question. We will get your question. One second. I, I want to answer Mika's question. I want yes, to answer, yes, answer Mika's yes, question. Yes, yes, yes. I'm aware. I'm aware. We got you guys. Okay. The one statement I wanted to say, thank you for reminding me, Brandon, was that um, we need to just stop looking for a savior outside of ourselves. And I almost feel like that's what Lisa and Brandon were both trying to say. Um, okay. So Mika okay. had a question. So, yes, I want to answer her question. So, before you answer that question. She was not finished. Let her continue. Thank you so much. Um, Mika had a question. I just want to hear the question and then we could get the answer. Yes, Bree. Thank you. So my question, I guess I was long-winded with the initial question. The question basically is, is if we can be, um, if we can have our third eye open with everything else, if we can question everything else and not trust everything else, and, and this is not a Republican or Democrat question. This is just a person question because he for myself, does not seem to be very trustworthy. He doesn't seem to care too much about people who look like me and you. He doesn't, there's been so many things about him having, uh, you know, issues with touching people and being over, you know, uh, harassing people sexually and things of that nature. So if all of those things can be true about him and all of those things can be true about everybody else, I'm just confused as to how there are some people who seem to, who seem to uh, see him in a, much more, I guess, positive light. So, who, who are those people that see him in a positive light? Who are confusing? those? I, I like to know. answer Mika's I, I question. I, I don't know who is, but I just noticed that whenever Trump's name is mentioned, there seems to be I, lots yeah. of people who find um, outlets or or validations or some sort of way to uh, to approve his behavior or to make the things that he does okay. I don't know. It just doesn't seem as if he's in the same boat as everyone else when we are on the we don't trust you, we don't like you, we don't need you. Right. May I respond? Uh, yes, no, I'd like no, to answer Mika's question. Hold on, guys. Hold on one second. Okay. Uh, quick reset. Let me do a quick reset. 
um, because we do have one of our other new other correspondents that was in the courtroom today. We heard from our beautiful sister, Tanya. Make sure you give her a call. She tapped in today. She took a break um, when the courtroom break, you know, for lunch. And she gave us an update on the pilot. Then she came back at the end of the day right here live, you know, in the matrix of y'all guys. Make sure you're following that club. Make sure you tap the link at the top and join our discord because what the, this is just a third you know what I'm saying? All the information that we discuss, all the research that is done, you know, I spend hours and hours, you know, putting things together so that we can put these rooms together um, like this. So join, tap that, um, subscribe, $5 a month. Um, that's a cup of coffee. Go ahead and do that. Make sure you give myself a follow, follow Disco Dave, follow the Spine Elephant, follow Dr. Lynn, follow Andrea, follow Bree, follow Hocus. Hocus does a room every single night and the, um, the um, down the rabbit hole amazing stuff 11 o'clock every single night we go in over there follow the brother omar he's an um a, a, a super you know um great presence on this app always putting in his um you know his 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 um his knowledge and you know omar got close you know omar made a, a decision not to step into that world um very talented so hopefully we can hear from omar a little bit later or whenever he gets ready follow tanya Follow, follow, follow Tanya, because you know what? They did that thing. She went there today after we, you know, in a room. This was decided yesterday, guys, on this stage, in this room, um, in this club, that, you know, we're not going to be defeated. You know what I mean? And so when we discussed it and we figured out we couldn't call in to the number, we couldn't have any access into that. There was people that in this club that stepped up and said, you know what? We got y'all. We're going to go into the courtroom. And that's why they're here. Follow Cassandra and follow Tunde. Now, with that being said, we're going to hand the mic over to Tunde. He is our second correspondent from the Matrix Unveiled Club live at the Galilee Maxwell trial. Tunde, you got the mic. What happened? <laughs> hey, what's going on, y'all? Um, I'm just getting getting back. Uh, it's been the whole day. Uh, literally, I think it started at 9.30. I got there at like 9 38 or like 940 so I was there from the beginning um until the end um I would like from what I noticed not to touch you not to touch you but were you in the main courtroom or were you in an overflow room I was in what you would call an overflow so I was in the same room as Tanya and Alex um but I think it's it's first come first serve so I guess I got there early but there was there was a line outside with like six people, but there was also already like another line indoors, and that fills up the first room first. So I guess those people got there probably like around eight o'clock or something. They've been waiting, but um, yeah, I was in the quote unquote overflow room. Um, still the, almost the same experience. Like it's still the same video and the same audio. You're just not in the room with them in person. Um, but. You know, for day two, um, it it was intense from what I experienced, and um, I, I didn't expect it to be that intense uh, this early, um, especially when they pulled up victim number two up to the stage. So apparently they pulled up victim number one yesterday, um, and she starts talking about her, her experience. Uh, and detailing the graphic abuse that she allegedly went through. It was, um, you know, because before she started to speak, I was like starting to kind of like fall asleep a little bit. But then as soon as she started talking, like I, I was like, oh, shit, like, excuse my cursing. But 
it got real real quick <laughs> and um um you know one thing i i noticed is that the victims kind of they don't they from what i've noticed is <clears throat> they're coming to this like i ain't got nothing to prove it's my truth and it happened so there's no perceived fire or passion or intensity behind um what they're saying and what they're narrating at least from what i observed there were a few points where the victim was answering questions and got real personal with some details and had to take like um a second or two to like not really cry but like you know be emotional to herself before she kept speaking into the mic uh but she was very lax which is not a bad thing but i was speaking with somebody who's a reporter who who does this this is a person who works in the media he was breaking a dance to me he's like yeah like we in this room we like we we can tell like she's telling the truth but the way this is going to spin in the media like and also the jury the way they're going to like they're going to spin this it's like she has to she has to sell it <laughs> so he like he was coming from a place of experience cuz like this he does this he was saying like cuz i was like you know how can you deny these facts like this trial is going to the 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 enemy is going to go down and he was like not so fast bro like it don't work that way so he broke that down to me and then after he broke that down i paid attention to um galen's the def- defense uh, attorney and i noticed the difference it wasn't about what was said it's about how it was said I don't even remember half the things that Galen's defense attorney spoke on or spoke about, but I do remember the fire like she brought to that courtroom as soon as she started speaking, like she turned the heat up a little bit. And it was almost like it put um the victim and her defense uh team on on edge to, you know, try to scramble to to back up their their position. Um so it 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 went from a point where it was a story of a victim and what happened to the, the victim to a point where it was clear that it was a game and it's a game of who is going to out you know argue the other team in the court of law and win the case so it's not it's it's not, I, I hate to break it that way but it's it's not going to be about the the details do matter but there's a performance that i'm noticing that goes a long way into this that performance was also noticeable with the uh pilot that flew epstein's um p- uh, private jets and helicopters um this dude he knew epstein for uh 30 years plus and he had a very confident way of speaking almost like he- he was born ready for this like it was almost like are you really a pilot or are you just smooth like that the way you talk because a lot of what they were asking him he was very poker face in his tone and his voice to the point where he was trying as much as possible to stay neutral without being for Epstein or against Epstein and also without being for the victim or against the victim. Like it was a very fine line that was drawn. So they would ask him questions 
and he wouldn't beat around the bush, he would confirm them. Yeah, I did do that. Yeah, that happened. But when they when they asked him things pertaining to, you know, in all the time that you were there, was there anything that you saw that was questionable about this man in regards to him and underage women? He would say, nope, I, I saw nothing of such. And then they asked him, like, would you would you allow your daughters to be around Epstein? Um, and he's like, yeah. And he told stories about how they rode horses together on Epstein's ranch. And, like, to him, shit was all good. Like, he didn't no- notice anything weird. But it's like the way he was he was answering, he was like, I'm going to tell you this much. Y'all go figure it out. Like, I'm not going to spell it out to you. That's, that's what I gathered from what he was saying. Because those trips and the different um, properties and different states and cities around the world, a private island, first you got to go to St. Thomas with a plane, and then from St. Thomas you got to go on a helicopter or boat to St. James. Um, and then the way the, uh, St. James was built, like each facility, it's its own building. Um, they got a special they got a special facility there to, to host um, 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 like kids that can play musical instruments. And then it's, it's just a, like a lot of weird stuff, but he doesn't help you tie it all together. He's like, it is what it is. I don't know nothing about nothing. Y'all go figure it out. Um, and then we also learned that not only was he an employee of Epstein, but him and Epstein became almost best friends because they had a shared interest for exotic cars. So because they had a, sh- a shared interest for exotic cars, he was beyond the level of just employee to the point where he was just like the guy who dr- uh, flew the private jets or the planes. But he also would go into Epstein's houses and his properties and help him install like movie theater equipment. And he did that for all his properties. And there's a lot of other personal stuff like that in their relationship. And, you know, Epstein funded his kids like um, um, private schooling and, 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 and things of that nature. So they had a shared bond between just employee and employer that was made known. But the guy came prepared like he was born ready to give this um, to to give to speak on um, on the stand. And he knew what he was doing. He knew how he was doing it. And he was very careful. Um, he, need, he need to be locked up, too, because he probably. That's what well, I was earlier. But let's let Tunday finish, because I think that's just half the day. Continue, Tunday. Yeah, so that's as much as I gathered. Uh, there's a lot of details that I took pages upon upon pages upon pages on, and um, I, you know, I remember when I was leaving the courtroom, Tanya and I, we 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 brought that up, like, okay, we're gonna go back on Clubhouse. It might not be so smart to share all of these details, especially if the room is like on replay, um, but. But why, why, why do you guys feel like that? Because the thing is, the whole point is that they're trying to shut all of this information out of the media, you know? And so the whole point of us doing these rooms is so that we could get the truth out there. I mean, do you feel as though you don't want to share? Because, I mean... No, no, I, I, think, I think I'm comfortable sharing, like what I gather as a synopsis of what I observe. But as far as like 
minute details of things that I notes that I jotted down, you know, I don't know if I'm comfortable sharing that in a situation where the information is so restricted. I had to be one of the few to go in the, in the courtroom and extract the information for myself. And then I'm going to have my voice on a replay button uh, sharing that and be the only source, one of the only few sources where that's being shared. It could easily get traced back to me. I don't, this, this thing is intricate, it's deep. Um, these people that are connected want their, uh, they want their, their uh, freedoms protected at all costs. We're talking about Prince Andrew. There are some details confirmed about him as well. The royal family, they're trying to protect that man. I'm not going to share details I heard in there where it, it can easily be traced back to me because there's only a few sources that were privy to it. Like, you know, it was closed off national television for a reason. And then people like Tanya and I and Alex, we're, the, we're part of the few that's not media that were in that courtroom. Even though it's open to the public, a lot of people didn't take it up to go there. So if there's a limited number, and I had to check in with my ID and everything, if there's a limited number of people who are in that building and, and the information is all of a sudden leaking and it's only coming from a few sources, it's only a matter of time before they figure out who is going to the courtroom coming out and saying what. And I'm just saying, I'm just being smart for myself, but I can give a synopsis, but things that pertain to very minute details that I heard, like, you know, like I said, me and Tanya talked about that as we were leaving. I don't think it would be that smart to share that much, but if it's like on Discord off of here, where it, this is not on a replay, I think Discord is more encrypted, people that are part of the, the group there, um, I'm even on there under a different name. I can share certain things, but just like we got to, I, I got to be careful what I say. Well, I, I just want to say to Lisa, yeah, that's it for me. One mic, please. One mic for that. Um, I, number one, number one. Um, I just want to commend you guys. You know what I'm saying? You guys are the real MVP because you know when we you know got into the dilemma yesterday of not being able to broadcast it into you know onto Clubhouse. You guys volunteered to go and you did that, you know, and so at all costs, we definitely need to protect, you know, you guys and make sure that whatever you only share what you feel comfortable with. Um, if, you know, just hit me up on the back channel and we'll figure out a way to put it in discord. Guys, make sure you click that link at the top, join the discord, because that's where a lot of um, a lot of all the work that we do, you know, to bring information to the people, whether it's about this case or the vaccines or you know, um, the New World Order agenda, like all the things, um, a lot of deep research is being done. So join the Discord, you know, be a part of the community and, um, you know, let's just keep going. So is a trial in New York. Hold on, guys. I'm not done. I appreciate you, Tunde. Yes, it is in New York. It's in the south, the southern district. I'm, I'm just saying because I'm in uh, Connecticut, so I might go up there one of these days. It's in the southern district of New York. Yeah. Days are left. It's the Southern District, Brooklyn, uh, or Manhattan. I can't remember. Can Lower, somebody tell me? Lower Manhattan. Can Lower someone Manhattan. give me the address? Like, back channel me that. Okay. 100 cause, Foley. Okay, because I'm going to go tomorrow. This yeah, is that at the bottom. I know, right? <laughs> I have much go, time, and just trust me, that. I don't mind sharing what I see. I will, um, yo, 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 listen, listen. I will go tomorrow. Listen, we cannot be down on. He was in that room. I'm telling you, he's in this Discord. He's in this room, and he was in that room. For him That's to right. say something like that in this room, you better respect him. Respect because he him. heard something 
that he, his life is in danger. I, I spoke to Joe. Right. Did you read between that, the lines? Joe Speak Truth was in there. I spoke to her. She said she's dropping listen, the ball guys, today. So that's a fact. And I'm gonna talk to you. I appreciate. But yeah, quick to um, talk about my man Trump. Tanya, quick, quick. So much. All right. You know, um, guys, definitely make sure that you give these guys a follow for their efforts because you know this isn't frivolous. You know what I'm saying? These people are about that life. They made that commitment and they went down there and did that. You know what I'm saying? Follow them. They're always in my rooms. I follow them. You know what I'm saying? They're on here on my stage. They're moderators. I really appreciate this effort because what you're not getting in the mainstream media, these individuals were willing to make that sacrifice, taking time off from work, taking time out of their private lives, not getting any sort of compensation whatsoever to do that. So let's respect them. Let's respect what they want to share and how they want to share it. But that was very dope. I appreciate y'all, you know, doing what you did, coming into this room and, you know, making that sacrifice and coming onto the stage to bring the people, you know what I'm saying, a snapshot of what was going on in that courtroom today. And I, I definitely understand that you can't share everything, and I respect that. So I want everybody else in the room to respect that as well. But make sure you give them a follow. Hi, thank you. Hi. Um, not to change the subject, but I do want to finish up on a promise that I made to Mika and Sucker Free to allow them to get their answer and their voice heard. So Mika had asked how come um, Trump is not as vilified as other people when it comes to his leanings and his behaviors. And then Sucker Free had a response. Can we go to Sucker Free's response? Um, Lisa, so I, I just want to say me and you know how I am. I'm unapologetic. I understand, um, you know, what people are saying. And I'm going to honestly say, I don't actually respect it. You know why? Because this is why we're losing. This is the exact thing of why we're losing because of the fear that people have of sharing knowledge. And I'm on this platform and I've been on many platforms for, for two years already with Hocus and all that. And we unapologetically share knowledge knowing that we've probably been blacklisted and listed there. And we can't win this fight because why would they make it public to the people knowing that people were going to go there and then leak out things? And the reason why we want people to do that, I honor them for what they did and their bravery for going over there. You know, because technically for me, I don't give a shit about just um, Ghislaine and Epstein. For all I care, they could all disappear. You know, my thing is, how are, not just about this, how are we going to move forward on a collective scale if people are going to have fear about sharing things that they know? And, and because what's being said is what they're going to say in the news anyway. You know, we, we want people to, to infiltrate in order so they can give us the information with no fear so we could know exactly what's going on because I'm about to do a room soon to share some other shit that can affect me. And how am I good for humanity if I'm going to dilute it? If I'm going to sugarcoat it and I'm going to have fear, I'm not good to nobody. So on that point, I don't respect it. I'm just going to be honest for me because I put my life on the line every day to share knowledge, truthfully, because I'm a warrior of light and nobody's going to diminish my light. You know? And we want to know. Okay. But, can I, I, can I, I, can I, I like you. Thank you. Oh, I this is Tanya. I just want to say one thing about Lisa that. Lisa is speaking. I said something very specific. Okay, cool. I got you. I got you, Tanya. Okay, so Dave is my guy. He's my yeah, guy. Please. You know what I'm saying? Like, but we, Dave, we in the trenches. You understand? I was, I'm a soldier in, in real life. You know, I did that 11 years in the army, you know? 
go Army, beat Navy. Um, <laughs> but I, so I understand me and Dave also been in the, the fight as far as consciousness for a long time and exposing for a very long time, pretty much all of our adult lives, you know? So I understand where Dave is at. And so that's how we balance each other out. Um, Dave, we'll get the information, but we just, they, you, you got to understand that they, there's levels, right? Um, to, and, and, and individuals, they do have that fear. They're trying, they did their best. You know what I'm saying? They gave us some information. Um, you know, I, I will get the information from the back channel and there will be no way that anyone knows how, what we know. And cause I will filter it out that way. You know what I mean? But we do have to protect them. And we do have to respect them because they're not us. You know what I'm saying? Like if me or you or Hope would have went into that courtroom, we would have came in here blasting. You know what yeah, mean? but you know, Lisa, regardless of what, whatever the information is, your best bet was just not to go there. Because when the information gets out, whether it's the back channel, whether it's Discord, they're going to know who was in there. And if they really wanted to, they could exterminate every single person that went in there just to clean it up. And That's why I said I said I would go up there because I'll come back here and tell everybody. Right, because the really government is, has cleaned up messes for a long time. We know Killary has cleaned up Killary. a lot of mess. And a, yeah, and a lot of Secret Service has died. Everybody who saw Anthony Weiner's people, those cops, Thank nine you. of them out of the 12 have been killed. Like, they kill everybody. So once this information come out, they're going to say, first and foremost, who was there? Oh, these 200 people were in there? These are the 200 people we got to get rid of. So it doesn't matter because you was there already. If you wanted to stay alive, you did not need to go. And, and that's something, honestly, with well, that, that, with that. Everything you said. Out of respect, can I speak? I totally have to. Out of respect, can I? Out of respect, Hold on, we're going to let Tanya respond because she was there. Go ahead, Tanya. Okay, uh, first of all, I think I was being very specific about Jane Doe and her her privacy. And I said I said that earlier, and I, I'll say, stand by that right now. She's a victim, and even though I may have an idea of who she is, I don't think that's fair to say who that is. So I'm speaking for myself. In terms of what Tunde's talking about, I think that that, I mean, unless there was miscommunication between him and I, there's certain things that are private because they are people's lives, you know, at stake, you know? So if they kept it private, I thought I'd respect that, right? So I don't, I think you, it, this is getting a little bit blown out of proportion, especially me who maybe it says, you know, what are we creating on there? But just so you know a little bit about me, I'm a filmmaker. And I made a film about Mumia Abu-Jamal, a political prisoner on death row. I went to death row. And I also had the Paternal Order of Police after me, okay? Literally picketing my film, you know? And so, and I've had all kinds of things happen to me. So in terms of just saying being fearless or you don't know anything about me to say the fact what I have done in terms of the types of investigations that I have done. So yes, I'm doing this as a volunteer for this particular room because I really thought it was something I could do since I'm local. Um, but in terms of like me not being like, I've, I've dug all kinds of investigational stuff and I've exposed it in films. I made a film about 9-11 as well during that time. And it was extremely controversial. So the idea that I, you don't, you, you don't have enough reference about me to say that. So for me specifically, I'm just speaking about having respect for the victim. And I think that there are certain things that should be left out because it's dangerous for them. So that's why I said that. Thank you. Okay, Lisa, time. can I say can something? I'd like to answer yeah, Mika's question. If you know who it is, they know who it is. Right. I'd like second. to answer Mika's question, if Just I may. Just a second. Just a second, you guys. Okay. Sure. Because I do want to handle this um, 
very delicately, as delicately as possible. You know, just try to bring about that balance because we have um, masculine energy, <clears throat> but I represent feminine energy and I understand both sides of that because I am balancing that. Um, so thank you, Tanya. I appreciate your perspective, everything that you said. And again, I appreciate you bringing that quality, you know, um, perspective into the room today, actually being in the courtroom and being an investigative journalist and, you know, being um, a correspondent for The Matrix Unveiled. Um, I would like to now pass the mic over to Tunde. Tunde, how do you feel about Dave's, um, uh, Disco Dave's perspective and what he had to say? Um, you know, I listened and I heard what he said. I think uh, unless you were there and experienced what we experienced, like you can't speak for us. Um, I think I think I understand where he's coming from. And nobody is withholding information out of fear. Um, I'm simply being smart. Uh, being there's no there's no glory in being stupid, um, and uh, being smart is for a reason. It's it's I'm not saying that I'm zipping my lips to everything that was said. I said I have notes after notes after notes on this thing, a bunch of pages. But I can't just come in here and start, you know, conducting a recitation line after line, word for word, everything that was in that room. There are things that are sensitive. Um, like Sister Tanya said, some things are pertaining to the victim's privacy, which they were trying as hard as possible to maintain, even in that courtroom during the process of itself. And we have to honor that. And there are things that are also details that were shared that were content, uh, uh, contended um, that are also very sensitive that pertain to high profile people. And um, it's not to, it's not up to me to let that type of information out the bag when it's that sensitive and um, it's not uh, it's being contended so hard. And I know the type of people it's linked to and I know what type of sensitive information it is. Um, if if it if it's a situation where something came out about it and I can give context around it because it's already out and I was in the room. I have no problem doing that, but I ha I have to exercise caution. Um, and and I, I'm the one who knows what was said in the, in that room and the, and the type of things that, I mean, there were details that were shared as down to uh, people's home addresses. Like I, I can't be stupid and just come out here on this app and just give y'all a recitation of A to Z. I have to use caution. So, so that's pretty much what I'm saying. Nobody's being a pussycat and being like, like scared and, and fear. No, that's not what it is. I'm being smart with the information I have and with my mouth. Uh, people's mouths get them in a lot of trouble. I can't just, just blast off and say anything just because I, I have said information. I have to use caution. Can you give it to someone else? Tunde, just keep those notes and you got Hold my on. Hold on, you guys. Hold on. Go ahead, Tunde. And and I think I think uh, the the more the most important thing I mean there are things that I even took notes on that I put an asterisk that's next to because I want to do my own further due diligence to explore those um, points that were mentioned mentioned further before and so that I even have more clarity about what those things were referencing before I just open my fat mouth and start talking about them without even knowing what I'm saying. Just because, and there are things like that too, that just because I heard them doesn't even, doesn't mean that I know what they're saying to have authority enough to speak on it. 
There's certain certain things I got to now go back and do my due due diligence and be like, okay, this and this was said. It's the first time I'm hearing about this. Um, I what 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 is this about? I got to go look into this now and have the full context of the story to be like, oh, this is what they meant before I just open my mouth and spread misinformation. So I just have to be smart and, and cautious. It's not about being a scaredy cat. And we need you and there tomorrow, bro. We need you there. We need you there. If once you reveal yourself and all your information, then they're going to get a higher level of censorship. So I, yeah. I respect you, Tunday. I respect everybody, man. And, and, um, and um, I, I just want to give them a shout out. On, but, you know, we and, you know, me and Dave and, and Hoke and, you know, Omar and, you know, a lot of other people on this stage that really be doing deep dive in on this stuff. You know, we've been in, in this for a while, but, you know, you know, we don't know, you know, um, I'm just I, I, I'm just very proud and happy that um, Tanya, you know, and um, Tunde was able to go into the courtroom today and bring us even a one perspective of it, you know. Um, and Tunde and Tanya will talk on the back channels and, you know, we'll, we'll chop it up and, and see how we can filter this information out to bring it. But I personally appreciate you guys. And again, I'm going to ask all the people in this room, there's over 500 people in this room to give these brave souls a follow. You know what I'm saying? We're not all at the same level, you know, and um, they've, they both sound very, very young to me. You know what I mean? So we have to give them a little um, leeway for that as well, you know, and, they actually went and did that. They didn't have to. But because of this room, the room that we were having last night, yesterday and the day before, you know, these people stepped up and I, I believe that's courageous. And so I just want to thank you um, for your um, contribution to this. And hopefully, you know, you guys will go back. But we'll talk on the back channel and we'll keep it. Can I share this hey. perspective? Hey, Lisa, can I be out Hey, real quick. Hey, Tanya, is it Tanya, uh, T-A-N-I-A? Is, that, is it that, Tanya? Yes. Yes, it is. You know, what's powerful is the fact that you and Tunde both uh, have the same amount of letters in your name, and uh, both uh, both names begin with, a, begin with the letter T. I that out, too, like T and T. They got, like, bombs. You know what I'm saying? I Break them down, Omar. <laughs> Yeah, that's deep right there. But it's Hello. showtime. Let me just, you know. Yeah, break them down, break them Yeah, let's, let's, let's tie everything in. You know, it's, it's definitely showtime. You know what I mean? We at, we at war. Um, yeah, like, so I'm driving out. Let me know if I cut out. But, um, you know, we at war. I like what I like what Disco said. I like what everybody's saying. We got to tie it all in. And because uh, it's like, a, it's a lot of stuff I know I can't ever say publicly. Only because I know that it'll put other people uh, at risk and their family at risk. And um, but that's the only time. But as far as like just you know me exposing this wickedness, oh man, I you know it, it, and it's and it's certain things I haven't revealed yet. But then it's gonna be a time where everything has to be revealed. And so uh, so we are at war. You you can't have fear when you're doing this work, uh, as we know that there's no such thing as death. Death is just a word that describes the transition uh, state. And uh, you know it's time to it's time to activate and tap into that real power and. Uh, Exposes wickedness for what it is, you know what I mean, and um, and so you know we got to tap into that divine power. So you know this this is deep though. This is this is a good room. Um, so I was because I was wondering what happened to the to the telephone. A couple people hit me on the back channel that was like the number not working. So I, I didn't know what. So let me ask y'all this. So with the reporters that were there, did anybody did anybody leak anything yet? Because I haven't done any research. Did anybody talk about the details? Has has any news outlet covered? 
the gruesome details that were shared. So Omar, from what I understand, there were some uh, in the independent investigative uh, journalists that had personal blogs. I met a woman who has a, a, a podcast about uh, child abuse. Um, so you had people like that who owned their own platforms and their own channels. Um, and then you had uh, the, you know, the media as we know it. Did but, you get that car? Did you yeah, know that? Why is no one talking about this? I'm sorry. Did, did, hey, Tuna, the first two questions. Did you get their car? Do you know the blog? And did, did you have to sign like an NDA, uh, like a non-disclosure? Any, any, did you have to sign their, anything? Not their card, but um, the lady who, who runs the, the podcast, I got her number. Uh, we're texting right now, actually. I, I told her to come to Clubhouse to speak on this topic because she's a she's an expert in the field she's been covering this for decades she's an older lady and i i said um you know did you have to sign anything brother like any type of documentation like any ndas or anything like that before you no no we just had to keep our mask on and um and show proof of who we were uh that's just the two things um but we didn't have to sign nothing uh, we just and also they they took your phone and any electronics at the door, so they don't want you recording nothing. But you could take notes. But you had a and if you during the breaks, if you went back to grab your phone, you had to leave the building and can't come back in. Well, I think that's what they told me. At least I think I don't, I'm not sure if Tanya was able to. No, I was going in and out with my. Yeah, I don't know I how to, you did that because they but... stopped. I was somebody else. The ABC was there, but all the all the big. I mean, they had journalists in. in like ABC, CBS, there was definitely different and, and to, journalists, just just journalists in their writing notes, just like every. Yes, and to Omar's point, and that's the that's the thing about what we're saying here is you had individual investigative journalists who don't give a damn. They're gonna say what they want to say. I mean, I, I I was privy to a conversation between two. But before you go too deep, though, brother, that's that's what I'm trying to figure out. Are there a lot of agents posing as journalists? Because I'm like, if they're not That's giving you the real and they're supposed to be journalists, then it's something. This it's like this I, this this whole thing is a psyop. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. How come like how come no one's talking I, about? I don't understand. No, I have so much interesting to share. No, no, ain't nothing to understand. You guys got to know this. We're talking about it in here. No, you but know, why? But why we're not seeing this all over the press like crazy? You gotta. That's why. That's like I'm, Omar. That, can that's I break something down to the brother who here. asked that? That's, that's why exactly. Hold on to yeah, go ahead. That's, go ahead, Lisa. Why, sorry. That's why we're here. That's why I'm doing this. And this is what Dave was talking about. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lot of people on this this app. They'd be like, oh, I'm rich. I got money. You know what I'm saying? This, that, and the third. But nobody is doing this work. Nobody's willing to put themselves out there to expose, to risk getting their account shut down, to risk, you know what I'm saying, all the time and effort that we put into trying to bring the truth you know, so make sure you follow the club. Make sure you join the Discord. The link is at the top. Make sure you follow myself and all the moderators on the stage. All of them. If I, when I say if I, all of them. Go ahead. Hey, hold on real quick. Hey, Lisa, but you know it's deep. The reason why I brought up that point about just the other um, uh, media professionals is that if they're not really covering it, then something is wrong. If we're the only people, we only got Facts. people on the ground and then these, these people that are that are, that are are veterans, that, that, that that's what they do for a living. And they're not blowing a lid off of this, then we have to we have to look further into why. Yeah, this you know, should be all over CNN. Can I can I like, say something to that, brother Omar? And from and also tying back to what I experienced in the room, just being there, this is exactly why I wanted to go because I knew 
them, number one, they're not televising this, so they don't have the intention to get the masses to be aware of it, but they can't not talk about it, so they're going to acknowledge it a little bit. And the little bit much that they do acknowledge it, it's formulaic in how they um, re- relay the message to the to the public. So, for example, what I mean by that, as soon as it was over, them, um, you know, uh, uh, reporters that we're talking about that were in the room, as soon as it was over, you saw them in front of the courthouse, makeup on, looking all perfect and pretty. And then they have a script, a formula that they're going to use to 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 report on what we we heard for the past almost eight to nine hours. They have a formula that is going to guide exactly what they say and how they say it and what to look for from all the details that they heard. So that's one of the reasons I went there, because I can't trust that. I don't care if there's NBC News in there. They, they, they might tell you two or three sentences that were um, mentioned and give you a whole different context. Yeah, and it'll be all out of context. Yeah, now, yeah. Now so, watch so this. So, hey, watch this. Stuff. Hold on, watch this. Let's teach the people real quick. Lisa, you mind if I post something right quick? No, go ahead. All right, watch this, y'all. So that that way, if anybody listening, if you go in there now, I'm gonna show you what to look for. Because um, when Lisa mentioned the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, Masonic uh, uh, gestures, check out this. I want everybody to watch this right now. Uh, it's a two minute clip. We're gonna and we're gonna teach this real quick just to show you what to look for when you're in the courtroom to see what the judge is doing. You got to pay attention to the body language. That way I can, you know, because I don't have to be there to understand what it is. And so uh, y'all click on this uh, link at the top. Make sure y'all pull the refresh. Click on the link. Look at this video real quick. We can watch it together. And um, let's have a discussion on it real quick. And, um, you know, because they're doing, they're doing, look at, look at how they're doing. Like when they're swearing in, how they got the pinky separated from the other parts of the, of, of the hand. You know, pay attention to how the hand is in the jacket. Pay attention to how the, the arms are crossed. And, um... Because what, what, what could happen is because the, these secret societies are so uh, interconnected and so elaborate, yeah, you can send reporters there, but they, if, they're, if they're part of the same club, they're, they're, they're not going to uh, talk about what was talked about. And so, um, it's, and so it, it's a reason why other people that were there are not talking about. That's what I want to say. I want to see the blogs. I want to see who else was there. Are they talking about these princes and these people that are involved? Are they, are they naming names? Are they given details at night then we know that it's, it's some type of psyop you know what i mean well they did mention some of the names from the reports that we got in the room today um that were already on a flight log like bill clinton you know and a few others but um i know that um tunde mentioned did prince william come up in the trial at all today if you can say prince andrew came up uh <laughs> yes. for like a brief moment mm-hmm. um it was just like confirming like one or two things about Prince Andrew and it was like setting the tone for a future build. Um, it, that's what it looked like that they weren't going to like dive deep into it right now, but they just wanted to confirm like such and such also with Prince Andrew happened. Right. And he was like, right. And then they just moved on like, okay, we come into that. So it was like a bill. It was like a postmark for a future build, but there were a lot of different things that came up like even details to how the victim was touched, like very graphic, like things that, you know, even in respect, I know that the the victim is anonymous still, but even out of respect for the victim, like I wouldn't repeat, like, you know, almost like the the, the person who asked her to detail the, um, how graphic, graphic it it was also put a, uh, like a apology, like, I'm sorry that I'm having to, 
ask you to recall these moments and share them, but we need you to do that for this case. Like, so it's like for me being there, seeing her, her emotions, her reaction to having to relive those moments in her head and having to go back memory lane and remember exactly how she was touched, what she was touched with, how frequent she was touched, um, um, how, how Epstein liked to be touched, like all the grooming that she described, like, you know, I have to use caution. I, I can't just I can't just go in there, come out here all crazy. Like I got all the tea. That's what you said. Yeah, yeah. Like that would that wouldn't be good. Hey, Tunde, but, yeah. uh, to be honest, did it based on what you heard? Did it shake you up? Do you feel shaken up by it? It shook me up, but it also made me. The more truth I I learned, the more these people just looked like pathetic creeps and pathetic. Like yes, they're evil, but I think we tend to attribute um, people that have affinity towards evil and um, um, wrong deeds to having power. These people are cowards. Yes, they're evil and they do. Exactly. Totally tuned in. They run the world. That's why. They run the world, but they're cowards. It made me see them more as cowards. Like, are you kidding me? But it's like, it was like pathetic. It's like, ugh. I think Tanya said it was nothing. also very dark at the same time. But you know what, though, um, Tune, I'm so glad that you said that, because that's what I was trying to explain in the room earlier, that I know that this topic is extremely difficult. It could be extremely triggering. But who's going to do this? You know what I'm saying? Like, the only way to stop this is to expose it, you know? And as you can see, it's, you know, there's a media blackout, you know, um, and even the, the ambulance chasers on Clubhouse are not doing this room. You know why they're not doing the room? Because it's going to take a lot of, it takes a lot of, uh, work and research to dig and to find, and it's uncomfortable. It's 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 heavy. You know what I mean. But um, once you're able to pull back that curtain on the Wizard of Oz, and you see that the Wizard of Oz is not this big powerful being, then all that power goes away. So I'm so glad that you said that. And can I share his perspective now? Hold on one second. Did y'all see that little clip, clip real quick? Yeah, we. Lisa, Lisa, did you see it? Yeah, I, I mean, I've been saw that. Yeah. Oh, you saw that already? Okay, cool. Yeah. I would like to... Uh, um, uh, can, Omar. I, can I share? Omar, can you send those clips to anybody that's going to the courtroom so they can know exactly what to look for and the signs of, of them communicating with... Yep, that's why I, that's why I posted it, um, the link. Yeah, like when you've seen them doing certain... Hello, one thing, one thing I can share, though, uh, about, like... Uh, Ghislaine's defense attorney and their strategy that was kind of like everyone in the courtroom was kind of frustrated like really y'all gonna stoop this low um they 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 seem to like I said they had like more fire and passion in their like defensive attacks but the strategy was kind of breaking down they were trying to prove how um how baseless the claims are based on the timeline of events and based on documents that were signed when the victim was as young as like 14 years old. When, when, when in reality, when you're that young, you don't have over decisions you make in your life. And it was like these cheap low blows. Like they, so they, 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 they try to make it. Oh, so it took you 20 um, years, like over, over two decades before you 
talk to any police about anything that happened 20 years past and you didn't talk to no just one person you didn't make one complaint to no and it's these cheap moves like we all know that people that um and and the victim said it to herself she was emotional she was saying i didn't say anything to anyone they said did you say anything to your um she had an ex-boyfriend that she fell in love with and got vulnerable with and she shared with the ex-boyfriend but they asked her how about your mom she said i didn't share with, with my mom because they were giving her so much money to give her mom every time that she would be at epstein's house they would give her so much money to take back oh this is for your mama this is for your mama that her mom started to see them as a blessing to their family and she felt like the abuse was her fault and she felt like she felt shame and guilt and she didn't feel like she should ruin the uh quote unquote blessings of the family by saying hey mom they, they're doing this to me every time i go there and also she's confused she's like a 14 year old she doesn't know how to process what she's experiencing and she got really emotional like i was a kid like i like i didn't know that i was supposed to say something or some or if, even if i did i didn't know how like my mom was already seeing these people as a blessing to our family like so it was like a lot it was like, it was a lot and but that was their strategy to kind of break down the victim uh into proving that the claims were baseless because nothing was said over two decades and how um you had to wait till Epstein died before you filed filed your first police report um but it's and she was trying to tell them it's not that easy like even my my ex-boyfriend I never would have told him if I wasn't vulnerable because I don't want people to see me that way because it's shameful and I think that these are things that real victims go through that in society we downplay and we put so much blame on them like well why did you speak up like why did you say something he was touching you they was abusing you you never said so why did you say that why why have to take you 3 decades before you came out and spoke but we don't understand what these people are going through mentally emotionally why they bite their tongue that long and in the courtroom you just saw it on everybody's faces like everybody was like wow really y'all going to stoop this low and make her uh make it seem like she's at fault for not speaking up and there were some documents she signed at summer camp to register for summer camp and they were trying to put the um the onus of of the decision making on her and people were like hold up a second she was 14 how you going to question her about something she signed to get into some summer camp at 14 like no like and she said it herself like I was a kid like I didn't if I signed something I don't I didn't know what the hell I was signing like I I had people that were supposed to be uh parental guardians um for me that you know even if I signed something I can't tell you now that I'm, I'm an adult what I signed or why I signed it but that that's how low um is, is she adopted the attorney was stooping to kind of you know to kind she of adopt their defense, if that makes sense it's, to it's it's gaslighting And I just wanted to I just wanted to reiterate the point that Sunday was making really quickly. Um for anyone who like doesn't go to court regularly, I've been to court like a hundred times if not more. And like I know that this case is particularly different, but in the courtroom, I don't think people like the public understands how much of it 
is a theater. It's all a theatrical event. Like these are real lives, but they're making a theater out of it. So I just want, I just wanted to confirm that point. Like it's not just this case, like it's every case that they're doing. Can I add to that point? Um, because I'm working with someone called Beadie Backus and she was actually defrauded by the US government and that's when she found the Uniform Commercial Code. Um, and she's teaching me now and she actually told me that um, the courts that exist under corporate law are actually called courts de facto. They're courts of business. It's all an act. And these judges don't swear under oath. Uh, your real court is a court de jour, which, un which is under common law. And that's not currently what we have. The other thing that I'd like to say is I actually had a client who was um, drugged and taken to the um, to these parties, uh, they're called Trump Maxwell, and um, I can't, I can't, no, no, I can't say her name. This Lane, she was taken to the parties, and I can tell you that they get kids very, very young. Um, they don't just drug the kids; they drug the entire family. And so, all of these tactics are psychological. So, everything that you see in the in the courtroom um, that's being reported is to really get to your psychology. So I think it was, um, I can't remember his name, he was talking about oneness, sorry. I think it was Payday, we were talking about oneness. So the reason why we need to tell the truth, and especially with each other, is because the human psyche is so easily deceived. And so the only way that we can get to the truth is if we're actually uncomfortable and we actually tell the truth. But because they've known this for a very, very long time, their main goal is to hide the truth because when you hide the truth, whether it be through media, through courtrooms, through governments, through pharmaceuticals, through parents, whichever way it comes through, then you can't actually connect to your divine source. You can't actually connect to that goodness. And on top of that, if you're so traumatized, who do you know how to trust? Right? And we've seen that in this room today, 100%, where people are like, can we trust Trump? Can we trust that? It's like, no, you've got to get to a level of critical thinking, discernment, compassion and forgiveness. And of course, don't take my word for it. This is my own journey, but this is what I've observed. Um, and so thank you. for. I have a question for the correspondents, and I'm not sure if y'all said this already, but can you comment about the demeanor of the judge throughout? Tanya, you want Um, The judge was, um, I don't know, to me, just really casual, <laughs> just very... Um, I mean, towards the end, after the witnesses left, you could see just the defense, the prosecution, and the judge speaking. And, um, I mean, they're just, they're just neutral. They're just super neutral and playing the law, you know, trying to hear both sides. And sometimes the defense won, you know, certain motions, and sometimes the prosecution. But um, it seems pretty neutral. It's the first day. I guess we'll have to get more into it. But they are so far playing, you know, their part. That's my hey, take, at least. Tanya, can you um, speak on, for all the people that are new to the room, on um, the times when um, Ghislaine and the, the witness was left alone in the courtroom together? 
Sure. Um, and actually, I have one more thing to add to that, Lisa, so I'll say that after. <clears throat> that um, twice they were left while the, t- twice the witness that was on the stand, which was the victim, and Ghislaine, who <clears throat> was being spoken about, was right there and left in the courtroom while the defense and the prosecution went into the <clears throat> judge's chambers to discuss. And it was a good five, five maybe, maybe longer minutes. <clears throat> and it seemed forever for them, though. You could see that she was staring the victim down um, and just not shaking in terms of just focusing on her. And you could see, I felt for her because, I mean, even though I'm in another room, I could they have the camera there and you could see the witness <clears throat> just sitting there, the victim sitting there, just trying to compose herself and not look towards Ghislaine. But nonetheless, she still was kind of, trying to kind of read her and look look at her to see if, I don't know, if there was just some kind of communication with eyes, but she tried her hardest, that girl, to not look at her, but sometimes she just caught her eye. And I wanted to add something to what the young lady just said. Um, I'm not sure who was just speaking, but uh, one of the things that we spoke about in the courtroom, which is kind of interesting to point out, is how Ghislaine, you know, between the ages, I think, zero and six, and I could, you know, double check that. She didn't have, um, and this is not to like make her, you know, look like she's a saint by any means, but it's just to show you that everybody is a victim in this game. Even the, even her herself, like her brother died right when she was born. So the family just literally ignored her for years. So in terms of like the story that was being told by the victim on the stand about losing her father and everything. And then also looking at Ghislaine and I'm just looking at both of them like, wow, in different times, you both had the same feelings, but you both decided to play different roles. One, the victim and one, the predator. And it's just like the victim is, you know, someone who just doesn't is vulnerable in a time. And one person decided to become the predator in that time. So it's just an interesting view of, 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 both they grew up you know having this feeling maybe in different stages of their lives but just to know that you know Ghislaine and even if you read the Trump book you'll see that he was actually you know also grew up with this horrible horrible background as as a child so it's good to see how people come up and that's what I have to say hey Lisa I have a few more things to share um but I'll let you moderate let me Quick question. Can I ask a question, Lisa, real quick? What was yeah. the demeanor of the judge? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think I think Tanya just spoke on that Hold on. a little one, bit. But one day, one second, uh, somebody said they wanted to ask a question, and then I'm gonna let you cook. Go ahead. Who wanted to ask a question? The demeanor. The gentleman that was. What was the demeanor of the judge? And was the judge uh uh, uh, uh like being a little lenient and and what what? How was the judge favoring the prosecution? And the- oh, that's sucker free, sucker free. You must have just got back because somebody asked that question. Yeah, it was somebody. Just- yeah, I did. This is Kristen. Yeah, Tanya, this is Kristen. Just, just I'm sorry. Answer. I'm sorry, but Tunde, I understand you. You a warrior and everything, but uh, we need more answers, boss. 
<laughs> and that's what that's why that's why I said I got I got some things to share. Um, and y'all can ask questions. Um, Alex Campbell was in there with us. He just joined the room. Y'all could pull him up too. But to recap, uh, Tunde, Tunde, you're a moderator. Can you pull him up? Because I don't. Well, know. I don't know. Oh, Tucker yeah, yeah. free. Okay. You live in the Bronx, so just go to the trial if you can. If you got time. To... <laughs> I live in Connecticut. I'm a. I'm gonna try to get up there to go. Whoever is going to go, make sure you hit me up in the back channel so I can make space for you guys and we can organize this like we did for this room today. You know, we got the beautiful Go Tanya in here. Go people, man. Yeah, I'll make the news. She came through, she came through on the break at 1 o'clock. You know, Tunde came at the end of the day. And so, you know, whoever is going to go, make sure you hit me up so I can create a space for you guys to come, you know, when you're done. Because that's why I made the room today, so that we could have people come in here and share what they needed to share. So. There's a girl I'm able to go tomorrow, so I'll go tomorrow for sure. Just hit me up, hit me up in the back channel, so I'll know, so I'll be able to announce it in the room. And cool. trust me, I don't have any issues about talking. I was at the Pentagon during September 11th, and as, as I said, a plane did not hit the Pentagon, and I was in the military. A plane didn't hit that building. Thank but you. But I'm going to go to the court just to see for myself what's up. I have two okay. days to go, and I'll. And you go. know what's important, though. Was- hey, watch this, Lisa. You know what's important if if somebody has the energy to do this. I know it could be, you know, overbearing, but if you got the energy, because I know I would do it if I was up there. But if you can get there at seven o'clock, because I want to see it'd be wouldn't it be crazy if she's not even in that courtroom and it just got y'all seeing someone on a projector and something else. But the only way to know that is to get there yeah. early at seven to see can you you know actually get in the courtroom. But if it's still like some type of game, then it's some. I, I got a couple of theories, but I just before I go deeper to it, I want to, you know, I want somebody. My to... brother-in-law w- was locked up with her in the same jail in Brooklyn. She's there. She's in the jail. The thing about you said your brother was locked up with her. Did he? What, what... My brother-in-law. He just got transferred out of Brooklyn, but he had been there for the past three months, and she's there. If the, so if the, man, the, the, the man and the women are it's separated. It's a jail. It's not a prison. It's a transfer center for, um, it's like a holding MD. transfer center. And yes, there are males and females, not together, but um, they do see each other in passing. He did not personally see her. He did hear cops talk about her. Um, he's, she's also in there with R. Kelly. Um, he didn't see him personally either, but inmates speak. Oh. But but does that mean that she was in the actual courtroom? I I don't see I don't know about the courtroom, but she is she is in the jail. I know some people were wondering that because you know myself I haven't seen a mugshot. I was doubting. But but that's what I'm yeah that's what I'm saying. Like like, this not deter from that though. That's important. I don't think you understand how important it is for somebody to get there at seven. Okay, look, actually get inside the courtroom. I'm mm-hmm. going to make that commitment. I hate getting up early since my military day, <laughs> but I'm going to make that commitment. I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. Annette. I'm going to cash up you so you can get I'm some not, Starbucks I'm tomorrow. I just wanted to say, I just, I'm I not far to... from the courthouse. I'm in Brooklyn. I'm going to make that commitment. I have nothing but time. I have to Friday to, to go sit in this court. So I'm going to make that commitment right. and I'm going to get up early. And see what's up. Just, hey, just, so, just to let you know. Annette, Annette, do you have a cash app? I don't. This is Lynn. I'm going to cash app you so you can get some Starbucks. In a I appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Love. I appreciate Love. that. Me too. Me too. You get the donut on me. Hold on. Hold Lisa said you better. 
No, I'm saying, can y'all cash out the people that actually went to the court today and brought us this? Tweet? Yeah. I got cash out for them too. Put that I just up. got in the room. Who is in there? Uh, Tanya. Okay, so yeah, hold on, hold on. So Tanya is she left, but she'll be back. She's trying to go home because, you know, guys, these people are taking um, time out of their daily lives to do that. But Tunde, he went, you know, and he brought us a. Um, very detailed, you know, report of what happened in court today. Him and Tanya met each other. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hit, hit, you know, what's your cash app to today? Um, I appreciate it, Lisa. It's not really necessary. I just did this. I just did this for people in the I know. The I mean, the they asking. They want to send you some Starbucks today. Yeah. All right. Let me put it like this. Y'all want to send me a cash app? Oh my God! Just give just give them your damn cash app. Just let us speak. Can oh I speak? Y'all want to send me a cash app? Send it to Lisa because if it wasn't for her in this room, like we wouldn't be here, and I wouldn't have volunteered last night. So y'all send Lisa that cash app. But what I wanted to say. No, I'm we're not gonna do that. You know, no, 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 we're not gonna do that because there's enough to go around. Y'all send. What's your cash app, Tunde? Um. All right. Let me. Let me. I'm. A, I'm a back count to you. One second. I gotta look it up. Can I add one more hey, thing? Hey, Tunde, Disco said he he got him. you, bro, but you gotta you gotta get us the beans that's, the, what, the next what time. I'm, I'm trying to give y'all more. I'm trying to. I'm looking at my notes. And I'm trying to give y'all a little more. So where is di- I, where is Disco? Can I can okay. I back up Tunde because there was a press uh, secretary. Oh, yeah, Whenever y'all, hold on, you guys. Seriously, Lisa Lisa Disco has a Zoom call. Okay. The tipping feature is amazing, right? But like, we do have to like, you know what I'm saying? Support the people that are, you know, doing things like, you know, the way that I do these rooms and I, the, the discord that I've created, click that link at the top. That's how you can support me and my efforts and the people that help me is um, clicking that link and subscribe is $5 a month. That's something I just started only because, and honestly, guys, I, I do this because I love to do it. But at the same time, you know, people are just coming into the discord for free, not really supporting taking my content, all the hard work that I do, creating topics around mm-hmm. it, you know what I'm saying, shitting on me at the same time. And I just, you know what I'm saying, like, there has to be a line, you know? And I, I don't think that $5 a month for a subscription, because people value what they pay for. I don't think that's much to mm-hmm. ask for. If you think that's much to ask for, for what I do, then you know what's But what right now, what we're asking you support the brother, because he got to get on the train. Y'all know how New York life is. Living is expensive. Everything, a damn cup of coffee is probably $10 up there. Ain't that a bitch? So, ain't that a bitch? Tune in. What is your cash app? So that whoever wants to support you and send you, you know, a couple of dollars or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't, 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 do not block your blessings, my brother. You got to receive give and give. So if anybody wants to send you something, then they can do that. Okay? Just put it in your um, bio if you don't want to say. Yeah, I I'll do that in a sec because I got I got to redownload. I don't use the app that often. I got to redownload. Oh, it. he don't even have no cash app. No, okay. I have cash I'll app. I'll tell y'all my cash app out loud, baby, out <laughs> loud. But but here's what I wanted to say to Annette because she's going tomorrow morning. I just want to let you know, uh, they so you can get there as early as seven. But you, what Omar is saying, like you know, get in the courtroom and you can over overhear some uh, information before it starts. They're not gonna let you get into the courtroom before nine thirty. So, so it starts at nine, but they're walking in at nine, and then y'all stand in a line, and they start letting you in at nine thirty. Now, when you no, but that's the point you're tuned in. But if you get that seven, it's kind of like when people got them new shoes, they waiting for, and they stay oh, all yeah, in yeah, line. Most deaf, most deaf. So the benefit to the benefit to that is you'll be. Um, 
you, you're you're in front of the line. So instead of being in a spillover room, you're actually in the actual room. Like you're actually looking at uh, Gazane Maxwell in the flesh. So that's the that's that's um that's the advantage of that. So you you can you can feel more nuances and body language as opposed to what you know they're showing on the screen through a camera in the spillover room. So I would definitely encourage it. But I just want to let you know what what you should expect that you're not going to be in the room at seven, but you're going to be in line to be in there at nine thirty after they go in at nine o'clock. And also, um, Alex Campbell is on the stage. He was in there with us, so I want to give him his flowers too. Y'all should ask him questions. Um, he came in towards the afternoon and he rocked with with us to to till the end. So he definitely was in the room. And, hey, hey, and real quick, the sister that said is going there at seven. Are there any brothers that that live out there that could meet her there, that could uh, go with her at seven, and wait with her? Anybody can make that commitment. You talking about tomorrow or just in general? Whatever she said, she's going tomorrow, yeah, right? Tomorrow. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm in Connecticut. Any brothers that can go out there at seven with her in the room? I don't know. Sucker Free should do it because he's in the Bronx. So I mean, unless he has something else to do, but that Sucker Free's partying till seven. That's the only time I'm gonna wake up. Can I um really, really, really quick? It was kind of off topic, but the woman who mentioned uh, actually because Kay was trying to say something before about the topic at hand, and I want to. And I know she's a journalist, and she definitely has a lot of good stuff to say. So I want to see if she has any. If she remembers what she was gonna say, or if she's available. So I know she has kids too. Kay, are you there? Hi, uh, yeah. Thanks, Brandon. I just was wondering if, because um, I know that Tunde was there, and I, so there's a, um, a, just a person who is also in the press, but they cover a lot of federal trials, like they cover Takashi's trial as well. Um, so they were all in this group, and they actually were in the room, and they sent they they listed out like not a transcript, but the word for word of what was going on. And it was crazy because I wasn't, I wasn't able to read it earlier, but I was just reading it when Tunde was talking and it was, it, it got really deep. Tunde definitely gave a lot of, uh, of what you call it. So I just didn't know if you guys wanted me to read verbatim what uh, some of the words were and the description. It was, I don't know if you guys would just want to hear it. So I was just asking. Yeah, of course. Okay. Let's, let's do it. And then afterwards, uh, Tunde, who did you say that was on the stage that was there in the courtroom as well? Um, so Alex Campbell was there. And um, what I also wanted to say is I, I'm looking at my notes and I can I, I can give you a little bit more that I've been able to process for the last 30 minutes since that we've been speaking. But yeah, Alex Campbell for sure was in the room. So y'all should acknowledge him too. Okay. So let's do this. Let's... um. Let Kay go ahead and read the transcripts, and then we're going to go to Alex, and we're going to go back to Tunde. And Tunde, that I'm giving you a little bit of time to get your cash app situation together so that you can, you know what I'm saying, if someone wants to um, send you a couple of dollars, they're able, they're able to do that, okay? So, Kay, you're going to read um, the transcripts for us, and then we're going to go to Alex next, and then we're going to go back to Tunde. I have one more suggestion, Miss Lisa. Um, I just sent you a link um, regarding uh, just what's her name again? What's this bitch's name? I mean, excuse me, I don't mean to call her bitch. Yeah, we don't. Thank we you, Galen Maxwell. Galen, you, you're right, Queen. Um, there was a link that I sent you of her TED talk. I don't know if anyone saw her TED talk. Uh huh. So this TED talk is very, very informative, and she's talking about um, how we all have ownership of the ocean and things of that sort. So yeah, it's that's pretty deep. The Terramar project. Yep. Yeah. 
Okay. I sent you the link. Send me that. Yep. Send me that. Thank you. Okay. Kay, are you ready? Okay. Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to start because there was someone um, who was there, Viskoski. Um, so I'll just start after him when Jane walked in, quote unquote, the Jane. Um, so it says, Comey asked, what is government exhibit 12 under seal? She said, is my birth certificate. Um, how old were you when you first had sexual contact with Jeffrey Epstein? She says, 14. Who was in the room? Deslane Maxwell. Do you see her here? Yes, there in sort of a beige turtleneck. She has identified the defendant, is what the officer said. Um, Comey says again, what type of work did your father do? Jane says he was a musical composer. Then he died of leukemia. His employer had canceled his health insurance without him knowing. We essentially went bankrupt and had to move out. Comey says, when, did, when, were, when you were at Interlochen, did you meet a couple? Jane says, yes. The woman had a dog and the man said they were big benefactors. They asked for my mother's phone number, a landline. Comey says, when you visited, what do you remember about spending time at the pool? Jane says there were four women, Ghislaine, all topless, and some of them were naked. I was shocked. I hadn't seen that before. Maxwell would ask me if I had boyfriends. Comey says, did Epstein begin to pay you for things? Jane says, voice lessons, clothes, things for school. Comey says, did, Max, did Ms. Maxwell give you advice? Jane says that if you fuck them, you can always fuck them. They're sort of grandfathered in. I didn't know what it meant. Comey says, what did they tell you about their social circle? Jane says, Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, Mike Wallace. Comey says, how was the house decorated? Jane says, art, sculptures, pictures of famous people, presidents. I thought some of the art was odd, naked women, creepy animals. Um, da -da -da -da. Comey says, did you, did you keep spending time with them? Jane says, yes. Oh, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. I skipped a part. Pseudo, pseudonymous Jane, that was what they called her, Epstein took me into the pool house. He proceeded to masturbate on me. Then he went into the bathroom and cleaned himself and acted like nothing happened. I'd never seen that before. Comey says, did you spend, did you keep spending time with them? Jane says, yes. Uh, then she proceeds to say that he masturbated again. Ghislaine was rubbing on him, kissing on him. She says, Comey says, how old were you? Jane says, 14. Comey says, what was Miss Maxwell's demeanor like? Jane says, she was very casual, like this was entirely normal. I was confused. When you are 14, you have no idea what is going on. Comey asks, did Jeffrey Epstein touch you? Jane says, yes, everywhere. Um, Comey says, did you touch Mr. Epstein? Jane pauses, she says, everywhere. Um, Comey says, I'm sorry to ask you this, but did he use toys? Jane says, yes, like those back massagers. They were painful, he did it anyway. Comey says, did Maxwell touch your body? Jane says, yes. Comey says, how often did these things happen? Jane said, every time I visited his house. Comey said, did you travel to his other homes? She says, yes. Well, we'll get back to that. When other people were present, how did incidents start? Jane said, Jeffrey would say, follow him. Follow him where? To his bedroom or to the massage room? He would get on the massage table and it would sort of turn into this orgy. Comey says, how often was Maxwell present? Jane said, I can't give a precise number. Uh, during the incident where you were 14, was Maxwell in the room? Jane says, yes. 
Carmen said, when you were 14, 15, and 16, how many times did you travel with them? Jane says about 10 times to New York and to New and New Mexico on Jeffrey's plane. They asked what she Comey asked, what kind of artwork did they have? Jane says, uh, yes, it was weird. Animal heads, naked women, orgies. It didn't seem very unusual at this point. Comey said, how did you feel in the New York house? Jane said, like someone was always watching you. Um, Comey says, what would Epstein ask you to do? Jane says, to straddle his face, to pinch his nipples. Comey asks, were there times that Maxwell was present? Jane said, yes. Uh, Comey asked, in the New York house, where did this happen? Uh, Jane says, in the massage room. Comey asks, on the trip to New Mexico, where did you spend most of your time? Jane says, on the ranch, it was in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Comey asks, anyone come into your room? Jane says, Yes, someone came in and said, Jeffrey wants to see you and escorted me to see him. Uh, I don't know if you guys want me to keep going because I know he wanted to um, touch a little bit more on. No, no, keep going. Okay. Um, call me on, on the New Mexico trip. Where did you spend most of your time? She said on the ranch. Did anyone come into your room? Yes, someone came in and said, Jeffrey wants to see you and escorted me to see him. Jane sobbing. She's sobbing at this point. I did not want to go see him. Comey said, who told you Epstein wanted to see you? Jane said, don't know. I had to fly back to Florida to go to school. I took a commercial flight, but I was only 15 and didn't even have a driver's, or I'm sorry, a learner's permit. Jane says, so I couldn't get on the flight back to Florida having no ID. I freaked out, but Maxwell helped solve it. She talked to someone and I got on the plane. Comey asked, what was your home life like at that time? Jane says, we were losing our home. We moved into a pool house. Jane said, my mom was enamored by the idea that all these affluent people were taking an interest in me. Maxwell, Maxwell's lawyer objected at that time and said, hearsay. Comey said, it's for the effect on the listener. Judge Nathan then said, you may ask that question, but not what the mother said. Comey says, could we approach? Then the judge said, the jurors snacks are here. So they took a break or whatever. Um, when they got back, Comey said, what did your mother say? Jane said that I should be grateful for their attention. That's what I was reading when Tunde was talking. Um, she said that I should be grateful for their attention. Comey said, did you tell your siblings about the abuse? Jane said, no, I was ashamed. And I had a manic depressed mother who didn't know how to cope. She started sobbing again. It seemed hopeless. Jane says, I spoke to my school guidance counselor who then called my mother. My mother told me, you don't talk about what happens at home. Girl, come on now. You don't talk about what happens at home and embarrass us. Jane says, what kind of work do you do now? Jane said, I'm still an actor. I got work in LA. I don't know how to trust, how to reciprocate. When did you stop being in touch with Jeffrey Epstein? She says, in 2002, I fell in love with someone. So I'm just going to pause here. My daughter is like, whatever, but I'll, I'll be I'll be back. And yeah, that's good stuff. I, mean, I like how you took notes like a, like a you know. That's like a professional right there. We appreciate that. It is a proper journalist. But just also to add to that, like, there's two things that kind of caught my attention. When they were asking her about the New York house and how she said she didn't like it, how she felt like there was all there was someone always watching. I don't know if you guys noticed, but on the on the um, on the outside of the building, like on the on like the stone door frames. And, and on, a, on actually many churches and different buildings, you'll actually see this, but you'll, you'll see a lot of 
like vines and like images or um i can't remember what, what you call it properly but like images of of roses you know or grapes and that's basically um it's symbolizing of the sub vino sub rosa aspect and it's and it goes to um the whole curse of ham thing where ham saw noah drunk and and kind of laughed and made fun of him because he was naked and how he cursed him for that and it's basically saying like don't tell the secrets you know like if someone's under the influence or if someone's under the like the, don't tell the secrets is basically that's what it's about and so when you see those kind of imagery it, around door frames it kind of makes you wonder why they're talking about don't tell the secrets and what is actually going on there you know so and, and you, then and what you know what else about, um the second part with galane and what'd you say yeah there's omar you know what else stood out was the fact that uh they kept asking about the artwork and um and one thing that i'm seeing now based on what uh claudine shared the other day with the uh the, the lady that came on clubhouse and how a lot of these people are very deep into artwork and, they, and, they're, and they're into like a very uh strange forms of artwork uh, i thought that was interesting as well that he kept I don't you know like, just, page and oh, artwork and one second you guys lisa, lisa did you want to finish or do you yeah, I wanted to say something. Omar, did you get a chance to go to her Instagram and take a look oh, at it? Oh man, hey, you you missed it. So what we what what ended up happening when uh, Claudine told us that, right? She told us that I think she was in your room. Yeah. And when I looked, when I looked, when I looked at the uh, the lady's uh, page, we found the uh, one of the artists that she uh, that she posted, and there was an image called. Uh, it was a. Jake and it Jake was an and image Venus, of, right? of a. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then mm -hmm. from there. We start looking at the people that were liking right. the artwork. Oh, and it just took us down a hole. It's like now it was we, crazy. Yeah, yeah, we were able to see the code words that they use and just yes. kind of, you know, just peep. Like, yeah, it's a whole yeah. underground network. Yeah, this is a snapshot of everything. Everybody, <clears throat> you know, all my my mods for the discourse, you know, snapshot all of that. Um, and it's all it's in the Discord. All that shit. Her whole Instagram is in there. So for anybody that wants that, but it was extremely sick. And, you know, Omar, like when I, like I said, I don't know if you were in here earlier, <clears throat> but when she came in initially, I, you know, gave her the benefit of that. Everyone was like, ah, you know, clamoring at her. And I'm like, no, guys, just calm down, you know. And so I was, you know, asking her questions and stuff and, you know, let her get her, her bars off and everything like that made her feel comfortable. And, you know, um, she was, of course, defending her friend, distancing herself, saying, well, I don't really know. I just hope that she gets a fair trial. She's a really good person and she's charismatic. And when she comes into a room and everybody loves her and all these things. Right. And then people started going to her Instagram. So, you know, she had went back on mute. We kept going on with the conversation and she was just there and she would come in. One thing she was um, she kept saying was that before she shared anything, when I was trying to interview her. She was like concerned about this being out of the media. Well, guys, by the way, I kept forgetting to mention this all day. There's four different clips. I think three different clips of the things that she said this on my Instagram. Thank um, Shout out to Yolanda. Yolanda did all those clips and she sent them to me while the room was while she was speaking. And they're all posted to my Instagram. So you guys can go there and listen firsthand to if in case you missed that room because it didn't get recorded. It went too long. Um, so. Yeah, so you can guys can go there and check that out. But uh, when I started to ask her about like the, the doll in, in the cage, you know, uh, with this big person behind the cage shaking and um, seeming to be in distress. And then I asked her about like that, um, that sigil that she had on there, like the circle with her name in it, saying that she was a demon and then something about conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. And I started asking her, that's when 
I triggered her and I was, you know, I was talking to her just like I'm talking to you right now. And she was like, you're disgusting. You know what I'm saying? She starts going off on me and you mm. people, right. And so I went ahead and moved her to the audience. But in, in hindsight, this is before we knew about all of the stuff. You know what I mean? It was just somebody had messaged me and said, hey, Lisa, look at these two things that on this lady's page. Asked her about it. She went off. She went crazy. I moved it to the audience, but if I would have known, I would have let her let her keep going because you know I don't like. Oh her. man, yeah, I wish you'd have kept on. Yeah, it. come so to find I, out, her I, husband, her ex husband is a billionaire. And but if Lisa asked her. Lisa asked her if she was a socialite. Go ahead. Lisa. I asked. Yes, I asked her. If she was a socialite. And she because I didn't know, you know, and so she was like. Um, other people will say that I was, but I don't think that I am, you know, and, and then so she was like, she's an artist, but then, you know, um, I remember she said her, that. Well, what, I asked her what, what art kind of artist. Yeah. What kind of artist are you? You know? And so he was all also tapping into, you know, some of that energy. And so lo and behold, later on, after it was all said and down, kind of found out she's got pictures with Marina Abramovich. So she's into that spirit cooking stuff. You know, she, um, has a lot of, you know, you saw everything, right? But all that happened in that room, and we got all the pictures and all that, you know, in there. It was it was just crazy. And like she, I said, she even deleted she deleted her clubhouse account too. By the way, I don't... she. But here's yep, the yep. thing: she yep. didn't, she didn't leave the room until Yoli found the golden thing that she was in that exactly. black book. Mm-hmm. Yep. She did not leave until Yoli came in because when Yoli said it, I was like. Oh my, Yoli was like nervous. Like she was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then when she told us, it was like, oh my goodness. No, we do not have that woman in this room. And Lisa's talking to her. Yeah, no, I was just like to my stomach. But I, Cause I was like, when I saw it, like, no, I knew she was in the room when I said it. I read her name out. I said, blah, blah, blah is an Epstein's. But it was like, I was sick to my stomach because it was like to be, I, to be so close right here on a stage with somebody that's directly, you know, when we talk about these people, they're like so far away. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just, you know, like it's that's, somewhere else. And the artwork just of being her on the friend. stage was like crazy. I was just like, I couldn't, I was like, y'all give me a second. Cause I was like, I had to read it three times. I was like, is this real? And I sent the link to Lisa. Um, but you know, it was definitely collective. Cause I feel like everybody, you know, Lisa, Claudine, everybody in here kind of already read her energy from the get-go. Then people just started digging. You know, it was really a huge collective thing. Like, everybody was on to her. I mean, I think within the first minute of her even, you know, speaking. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, that's the reason why I didn't want everybody clamoring at her, because I wanted to slow it down, slow down the tempo. You know what I'm saying? To let her expose herself. You know what I'm saying? Let see, you know, allow her to speak and things like that. But yeah, that was crazy. Like that really happened. Like she was in here, and, and to know, you know, that's rooms. And, 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 you, that's, and, and that's important to everybody. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, but and that's important. So, just say just to say the last thing though about no, the no, delaying hold, thing. Hold, that, um, hold on, Spy. Lisa wasn't done, and and what I was gonna add with Lisa because yeah, she was done. Yeah. No, she um she sent her friend in after Lisa. That guy, yes. and Helena, mm-hmm. and Helena. That was her friend. Helena, too. exactly. Yes, they trying. And this is the thing. Like, you know, you think, you know, you think. Um, this is like with um, what um, what's her name? Uh, what says like, you know, um, Marianne Williamson's my favorite quote. You know, who are you not to be great? You have to stand on your truth and just stand on your square, no matter what. 
and do what you think is right and do what your heart leads you to do without, don't worry about judgment or anything because clearly I'm doing something right that they showed up in this room to feel as though that um, we were some sort of threat to just have the conversation. And, you know, and it really just helped us to expose them even further because a lot of times when you have the discussion, you know, everyone thinks, oh, you're a conspiracy theory. You know what I'm saying? You take the vaccine, bodies is dropping and you've been telling people about that, but you're still a conspiracy theorist. So it's, it's a struggle when you're trying to share truth and you're just trying to bring knowledge to people. But that happened in real time. So nobody can say. And the only thing is that the room didn't get it recorded because the replays cuts off at a certain amount of hours. And that room went on for many, many, many hours beyond that. But we do have the clips to her, the parts that she was talking about. Thanks to Yoli. You know what I'm saying? She clipped them. She sent them to me. Guys, let me tell you, that's why I always tell you to follow my moderators because we are all working together in the background. So you may hear my voice the most and you may see me in the corner, but my mods are helping me in the background. It's a lot of things that I cannot do and they're helping me do those things. And they, they add a lot of value and bring a lot of value to the, the spaces that I, I curate. So get, make sure you follow them, okay? Um, but yeah, so she sent me those and I put them up there, you know, but now we have that for, you know, unless it's deleted by Instagram, I still have it in my messages, you know, on my phone. So I have that forever that this is, this is her friend. This is, and you know what I'm saying? Like that's rare. That doesn't happen all the time. So, um, that's why I do what I do. And I appreciate everybody that comes into the room and helps to share, you know, what they, um, they share and help us to piece all this together because it is a concerted effort that we all need to work together to try to, you know, um, expose all these things. And I just wanted to say really quickly, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I know all three of us. I'm like, I was just going to say quickly, you know, thank you, of course, you know, Lisa for continuing to do the work and everybody really in here, um, you know, all of us, but just want to throw out there that John J O H N Mappin. M-A-P-P-I-N is who invited her into the club. So just wanted to throw that. We were able to get that information. Hey, and what I, I got a question. Hold on, Tunde. Hold on, Tunde. I wanted to say the reason I, I went over to tell the, the other room, and I'm so glad that, Omar, you took them down that road also because the world needs to know it doesn't stop just with them and how you guys went on that trail to find even more people. That's important because now if us collecting that information, I said on the back end, I'm like, we need to start our own news organization because I swear it's like we're all sleuths together pulling this pulling it all together and and we don't realize the work we're doing but we are lisa this room has had what 1.6 thousand people go through here and the last one had and that the ones before that's a lot of people that are getting access to information that they would not have without this collective group of people so i'm just appreciative and thank you lisa for holding these space one second lisa did you want to respond to that because i wanted to finish what i was saying before yeah I, okay so we're gonna let you finish um brandon and then we're gonna go to tune because i know tune day and then okay so it was um it was uh Kay and then alex is alex still here with us alex he's a mom okay so alex um after um spy then we're gonna go to alex and then we're gonna go to tune 
So just to finish up, so like the second thing, and it's actually kind of interesting, the like, the girl said that she didn't have an ID, and so she wasn't able to get onto the airplane. And Ghislaine spoke to somebody at the airport, and she was able to get on. Like, these things just seem super, like, suspect. She was able to speak to somebody. So, like, what exactly was that process like, you know? And when it comes to, like, John Mappin, that dude owns like this castle hotel with Amanda. And then we start talking about those red shoes and stuff like that and how they're smuggling children and how easy it was for Ghislaine to do that. Like all of those things just relate and tie very easily into each other because those castle grounds are like where those people do go and get those red shoes, you know, like that hunt. And then you start thinking, looking at the artwork that Amanda and her friends were attached to. You know, like, that was some really, really dark stuff. And Amanda had a video on her Facebook drinking her own pee and semen, like, and, and semen from somebody. Like, it was, it's crazy what these people are doing and what they're actually, like, putting out there. You know, like, it's it's just, it's just insane. I just want to, I just want to add, he owns Camelot Castle. Cam Him and Amanda and a couple people, like, a lady and a, and a lord. Like, there's a couple of people that own it with them, and Amanda's one of them. Hey, everybody. Hey, from Alex. Because we've been in here since noon today, and really, I created this room um, today knowing that we would have some of our correspondents that were on the ground come back in and report. So, Tanya's been in here. Um, she had to try to get home, so she had to get out of the room. Two days here, and we're going to hear from him again. But I would like to hear from Alex as well. Alex, are you there? Yes, I'm here with you. Okay, so just tell us about your, you know, from your perspective, the recounts of what happened in court today. Okay, so when I arrived at the court, this is during the time that the pilot was on the stand testifying. And as far as I interpret it, a lot of the questions were very personal. They was asking him, you know, about his dealings with Epstein and uh, what years did he work with Epstein? What properties did he associate himself with? Um, what people did he fly? And a couple of the names that he mentioned was Prince Andrew, um, former presidents, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump. Uh, he mentioned Chris Tucker, just, you know, notable figures within um, within that community. Um, he also testified that, um, I believe the, the, the woman after who, who came second, he said that, uh, Epstein introduced him to Jane. That was the words that he said. Um, in regards to like the sexual activity, he, he claims that he never saw any sexual activity. Um, they also asked him, did he see any sex acts with underage girls and so forth he claimed that he never seen anything and they also asked if he did see any of that activity what what his response would be he said he would have reported it so um there was also questions about um gestures of epstein so basically um during his his period with epstein working for him as a pilot uh he paid for his daughter's education um, and that was a gesture that he did for all of his employees, according to, um, the testimony. But, um, if you were to really combine everything and put it all together, I would say they didn't really make it about, um, Miss Maxwell. Like they kind of put a, a certain emphasis about 
about it on Epstein. I guess the kind of build. don't don't call her Miss Maxwell. Um, they they, <laughs> they kind of like since it's like the beginning of the trial, like they're trying to build it up from the beginning. So there's a lot of emphasis on on Epstein and his involvement, and they're trying to they're trying to put it in order from you know the past to current events. And when the woman testified, that's where it gets a little bit more, you know, into the action of, you know, the sexual activity, the flights, the, uh, it's, it gets more personal. It gets more graphic, but, um, my interpretation of it, it seems that they're trying to paint a certain narrative between the two testimonies to make it not be so direct on Ghislaine, to be honest. Like, there's not a lot of real rawness. Like, they're trying to, like, put Epstein in it to kind of, like, it's as if they want to put the nail on a coffin on him, but he's not really in the picture. Right. Dead men don't tell tales. So, it's, it's, in my opinion, it seems that they're trying to find a way to kind of weed her out of it, but they have the, the the testimony for um, I believe her name is Jane. She did say that um she took part in some of those sexual deviancies. She was in the room. She was with Epstein. There was other women involved with you know some of the fondling and stuff like that. That was the the language that was used. But um it was mostly for both testimonies. It was the ex pilot. He was explaining his involvement. Um all of the things that he did when he was working with Epstein, all of the perks that he was, um, you know, accessible to. And he expressed what individuals he met on the plane, this, that, and the third, those who he flew. And then he finalized it by saying that um, he never saw any sexual activity that would be controversial. So, um, yeah, I can land. That's, that's pretty much it. I land there. But, um, I can definitely say as the, the trial goes on, it'll get more and more um, direct. I, I, I feel like they will put more pressure on Ghislaine pretty much, but it's just the beginning of it. So that's all I can It sounds like they're trying to put it on all of the guys that were in the vicinity because the fact that you mentioned all of those names uh, makes it see, makes it appear as if it's starting off, well, she was going along because she was in a powerless position and look at all these powerful men. That's how this court. Right, right, right. Let me also let me also say this real quick. I respectfully say to the panel, uh, I lived overseas before the Internet. Internet created in 95. All this stuff that so many of you are shocked about, this stuff was normal behavior, normal artwork normal sexual uh, 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 out-of-pocketness. Many of these laws outside of America that many of you are shocked about didn't even get changed until recently, 2012, 2010. And you can go look it up. So I, I, I just want you guys to understand that I understand some of you when you're speaking, you're speaking from a shock and this is appalling point of view. But I need for you to really start digging into your opinions about things, because many of these things come to the West 
and never change, meaning, meaning that these people are monolithic. They stick together behind the scenes, behind their smiles, behind some of the things that you and I may want to be part of. And what you got to understand, people working next to you, people playing sports next to you, they can be part of these groups. And I'm, I'm sharing with you this because it's such a norm outside of America that the only people who do end up getting shocked is the Americans and some of the Canadians. Most of these other people, this is how they get down on a regular basis. So I land my plane by saying, don't spend so much time being shocked. Use this as an opportunity to research, learn, and dig into the details so that you can identify people in situations because monolithic people are out there. Think alike, group think, and many a times, melanated folks are the only ones who are not operating like that. So I land my plane. Because we're the only humans. I just wanted to say really quickly, I think it's it's just like sick when you think of how they literally had a whole system. Like, I mean, she's by no means innocent at all. Um, but, you know, it's like they knew what they were doing by using Ghislaine, like to lure in the girls. Because how else could they lure in the girls? They needed like a woman that they, you know, probably at that time felt they trusted her. They protected her, you know, or I'm sorry, they trusted her and they would somehow you know, be protected by her, or, you know, what she was saying, you know, they were so innocent and naive at that time. It was like, okay, well, if she's saying it, it must be okay, you know? And it's just, when you think about it, it's so sick. And then I forgot who it was. It was like um, in another room, they were saying how one of the girls said that there was like this artwork. Somebody has their mic open. I'm not sure who it is. Um, but um, there was uh, a just the girl was like it would like traumatize her this artwork amongst everything else that happened to her. But it was like Jelaine completely naked and just like, you know, TMI here. But it was like full wide equals, you know, legs spread open with like, um, what is it called? She was holding a. I don't know if somebody knows what I'm talking about. Like a shard of glass like thing where she cut off the. Um, I'm not sure what it was, but she was like, like I said, fully naked, uh, legs open, spread equal, and she was like holding some type of stick or whatever. I forget the name of it, but like, you know, and the girl was like, it was just like creepy seeing that, you know what I'm saying? And it's just little things that I think about in this whole situation that's just like sickening to me. But I think, like I said, they had a whole system down to the girls that they specifically, you know, were abusing. They would then use them to learn in other girls with using money. Oh, you know, hey, I'll give you money if you bring in other girls. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to throw that out there. We talk about the judge of the case? Excuse me? Oh, the picture, the painting? Oh, you're saying did we talk about her? Um, I think we have. Yeah, did you talk about who the judge was of of this, uh, just Lane Maxwell? Okay. Yes, we have. But you can can build on it by all means. can I say one thing real quick? I think sometimes we look at the individuals or whatever. And yeah, it is demonic, but like more so it's, it's the, the system that lets them operate the way that they can do, do this type of stuff. You see what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, the, the, you know, we have these individuals. So we have these individuals in our lives or whatever the case may be in society that does this stuff, but on a, grand, on a more grand scale, it's, it's it's the system that lets them operate this way with 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 you know 
where you don't get any nothing happens to you and you know until now or whatever the case may be but you know so i look at that more so like not necessarily the individuals even though we do look at the individuals but more so like the system that lets them do this stuff over and over and over again and nobody says anything about it I, I, um, I would just like to add that it is a worldwide problem uh, if you look at the biggest industry on this planet it, it is human trafficking and pornography and so you know while we're looking at this particular court case because obviously these are the stories that um infiltrate people's minds and it's the psychology that keeps it going but if i was to ask every single person in this room do you know someone that maybe has visited a thai massage parlor at some point in their life um do you know someone that uh, possibly likes pornography right there's all these little things that we don't think about that are are present in our everyday lives and the other gentleman, I know he was saying, like, you know, it's monolithic and you shouldn't be shocked. And, but the the fact is that in America, they have the biggest demand for, um, you know, the porn industry. So it's not a single one-off case. I just wanted to add. Hey, Lisa, did you still want Uh, Lisa, Yolanda, y'all, y'all. We here. All right, so I guess. Yeah, I'm here, I'm sorry. I guess, uh, well, first things first, Alex, uh, you weren't in the room, but now that you are and you've shared, apparently we're getting paid tonight. So if you got a cash app, put it on your profile. Mine is on my profile now, if you just look at my description. So if y'all still want to tip, uh, I would appreciate it and thank you. But I, I, I do want to say, um, you know, coming in from being at this event literally all day, I literally got there. I was there from nine to 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 five thirty. I even listened to the after comments after the event ended between the judge and, and the attorneys. Um, in in their room, like a lot of people done left, and they were still like arguing about something. And I stayed there to the till the very last second. So coming back home, the first thing I did was get on Clubhouse. And like being asked to be put on the spot to just like spill the tea, I just want y'all to understand it ain't so much that a brother's scared. Also, I've been at an event all day. I got to process what I've heard. I got to take time to process the notes I've jotted, jotted down before I could, you know, be careful about sharing stuff with y'all. But I'm glad that the sister, um, uh, I think it was Sister K, if, if it's not, I'm, I'm, I, I stand mistaken, but a sister read some part of a transcript that got published. So that alleviates some of this um, anxiety about this, because if they're publishing it, then I, I definitely don't give a damn and I'll share whatever I got. But um, I think even in reading the transcripts, I could already hear like it doesn't do justice as being there and hearing the conversation, seeing the interaction, the, the body language. So I, the way I took my notes down, I took them in sections of topics that were addressed as opposed to just like a transcript of back and forth. So-and-so said this, then so-and-so said this. So I'm happy to share um, like the different sections of topics that I took notes under and give y'all like a more robust uh, uh context to the things that were discussed based on 
the fact that you now have a published transcript and I, I like I, I, I can tell it on now. So, but I just wanted to put that out there so y'all. Understand. You just didn't want to be the only one, then, Boston. Listen, man, I send you some cash app. Take a shot of Hennessy. Nope. And we don't, we don't think you're. I got Disco Dave. Take him back into the room. Are you going to go? Are you going to go back tomorrow? Tomorrow, no, because I actually had to take off work today to go. Like I was supposed to work. Definitely send this brother some cash app. He took out. I did that already, B. Jerry, Jerry C. Ten twenty, guys. Jerry. We got to take, you know, he, he took one for the team today and yeah, go ahead and give us your notes. You know what I'm saying? Now that you feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, I just wanted to make sure that you were okay and that I protect the people. You know what I'm saying? That because I know that you guys went to the, to the courthouse today because of our discussion from yesterday. And I appreciate that, but I'm glad that you feel more comfortable now. So yeah, we would definitely love to hear um, your take points. the shot of Hennessy first, and then you're gonna you saw Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> most, most hey, most hey, hey, let me say this real quick too before the brother uh, get it off his chest. You know what's powerful about about this moment is the fact that I could feel like a like a, a, a weight was lifted off his chest, and you felt more comfortable yes. and comfortable. Yes. But but you have to realize, brother, the same way that they whoever published that. Imagine those that feel like you felt, but all they needed was to hear that one voice, that one form of courage, that piece of courage, right? That energy to to give them the strength to speak up and stand up. So always remember that and that'll help you when you have been blessed with like certain information that can liberate the minds of people. You may you may feel like you're alone or you're putting your life on the line, but knowing that it can be contagious. So when you stand up in truth and justice and, you, and you're fighting for righteousness, you never know who's listening and they may feed off your energy and they may do the same thing. So if everybody's afraid and nobody's saying nothing, you know what I mean, then it, it, somebody has to be the leader, you see. So just keep that in mind, like how that person put it out and then you're like, all right, I'm about to go in now. It may be a time where nobody may go in. You may be the only one that can go in, but based on your courage, it may inspire others to be courageous. So I just wanted to add. Man, that's that's, and a, I, that's great. Point. That's a that's a really point that everybody that's there's 500 people in this room. You know, just remember that. You know what? Sometimes it takes somebody to step out on the ledge, and I say that all the time. You know, when I do these rooms on here, um, I know that people would be looking at me like, "What's wrong with Lisa? She's crazy." You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I be in rooms with some some different type, a lot of influence. Nah, you, you ain't you ain't crazy. And they don't, they don't really pull up crazy. to these folks. No, you guys support these. But it's, there's an audience, people that want to know. So I can't concern myself with those individuals. You know, I have to just do it, you know. And, but everyone, you know, it's not like that. But it's important because I can guarantee you, you will start seeing a lot more rooms like this on Clubhouse because it's been normalized. You know, we're normalizing this content. So, um we got to keep doing what we're doing, everything that Omar just said. Um, somebody wanted to say something. Lisa, I'm going to pop in real quick. This is Cass. 
And then we can yeah. pop down to the other person. Hey guys, in and out with clients, but so present. I would just want to just do a really quick reset and then have a comment. You know, guys, uh, I just want you pay respects right now to Lisa. Please hop in that discord. I mean, the way I think about this whole unity that's going on right now, the exchange that Omar just shared with Tunde, and thank you so much for being here, is I got this image of like the Olympics, right? And you have these golden torches. And every single one of you that walked into this room, Mods and Lisa, you know, props, is, is carrying that golden torch. And through the night and into tomorrow, we're going to come back up and we're going to hand each other that golden torch. And this is what this is about, right? So we're breaking through. It's, it's like a death by a thousand cuts and showing up and being present and doing what we're doing right now is the death by a thousand cuts. You know, that Hydra doesn't stand a chance with individuals in this room like this. So please tap on that green mansion up on top, do a quick refresh, follow all the mods and make sure that you hop into that discord. But I just wanted to pay my respects to Tunde as well. I'm getting some feeds as far as um, some scripts in uh, Telegram. So there is information being spread, but Man, we've got you surrounded in light, and we are protecting you with all of our love and might as much as we possibly can, because we're all in this together. You're never alone. So with that. Appreciate that, sister. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think, so the first thing um, that I would uh, like to say is just on arriving there, it was like a breath of fresh air to see that although like it was a handful of people that were present, it was almost a 50-50 split between people who came because they had to, because of their job working in the media. And then the other 50% were people like me, Tanya, Alex Campbell, that we came out of just our own heart and just wanting to be there. And then in that mix of the other 50%, you had some beautiful souls that they take this on as a mission personally, like this lady, um, Alex, you remember that lady that was, she was the, the one with the podcast and she was telling us how long she'd been doing this and she, how long she'd been broke because of this, but she, but she won't stop. Like, you know, and that was humbling to, for me. To, and she was educating me about some more um, scandals involving other politicians um, connected to uh, uh, child, um, trafficking um she 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 mentioned uh this one scandal that got brushed under the rug where they were literally trafficking kids right underneath the white house building and she mentioned two books that you could actually read about that to get yourself educated I'm, and i got her number i'm going to reach out back out to her to learn that information but to meet people that you know nobody's paying them to do this and they they they're there because they care and they want to be there that was humbling number one uh, so, uh, the atmosphere, it definitely felt like good to be there. Now that said, um, I wanted to point out that on Ghislaine's side, she had her sister in the courtroom there to support her apparently. And I didn't even know because the reason how I have found out was, um, her sister, looked through the screen as like uh, like like her i thought that that was Ghislaine, and then people told me no that's not her that's her sister and i said what you mean and they said the one over to the right right there that's Ghislaine. and then i looked closer and i noticed it i think while she's been locked up 
her hair has grown a little longer because we're used to seeing her with a short haircut um, in the media. But her sister in the courtroom had her short haircut and looked exactly like her. But then she had then grown out her grew out her hair and it was longer down to her shoulders. So I thought that that was a little interesting, but also interesting to see that no matter how dark it's getting for her, her family's rotting behind her. Like her sister was right behind her in the court. Like we here, we got you. Like you innocent. So I thought that that was interesting. Number one. So to get into the uh, actual um, trial as it happened today, like I already gave context to the tone and the strategy that the um, Galen's defense uh, attorney was playing like with the low blows, stooping low to blame the victim. Like it's a, really, it's going to take you 20 years to find a, file a police report um, and, and little cheap blows like that, right? I already gave context around those strategies and also context around how the, vic- the victim didn't come to the call, of, sorry, I said to the call, to the trial, feel, feeling like they had to prove anything. They came there comfortable in their in their skin. Like this happened. I don't. I don't I'm not lying about nothing. I don't gotta lie. I don't gotta prove nothing. So because of that, their tone was like relaxed, and you were more shocked by the content of what they were saying, not so much how they were saying it. Now, on the defense side, they put on a show to the point where you don't remember so much what they said, but you remember that they had a presence that filled that room. And uh, like I said earlier, I spoke to a guy in uh, in media who's been doing this a long time covering trials. And he said, don't be naive and think that because they, you know, it's uh, the victims, what they're saying sounds factual and can be proven doesn't mean that the case is going to go in their favor. And he was saying that uh, these defense attorneys, they play into the emotional intelligence of the jury all the time and that's why they put on a show and they get such a delivery they might be blabbing about nothing but that nothing that they're saying has so much of an impact that you feel it and you almost believe it so he was saying the victim had to sell it more now the trial started with an interview with the pilot the pilot's name is larry vasowski if i have the last name correctly larry vasowski um they were interrogating him about uh, just his the nature of his job and relationship as it pertained to you know being employed under Epstein, and um, they had a thirty year plus uh, relationship over the course of their time working together, and the first detail I learned that shocked me that I didn't know existed before because we hear about Little Saint James Island. Um, and and that's you know that's a private island we know about but little did i know that epstein also had a 10,000 plus acreage um um ranch in new mexico that just 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 a, to get a temperature check of the room real quick moderators people on stage just you can just unmute to say yes or no it doesn't have to be a long conversation were a lot of y'all familiar that he had this property no. Yes. 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 Okay. So a little bit of mix, more yeses than no, but kind of somewhere mixed. I had no clue. So apparently he had um, this ten thousand plus acreage um, 
ranch in New Mexico, which was kind of like, I guess, the first iteration of Little St. James. And um, it was called Zorro Ranch, uh, Z-O-R-R-O. And uh, he, he described how it was set up. It was set up like the lodging where people people stayed was set up like um like motels yeah. kind of like you came there for it was almost like it was like a private ranch that was for a, a reason like you came there to spend a few days for a specific reason like people like he said it was like I'm say say again I'm going to cut you off but I just wanted to cuz you're going to share a lot of information um but Zorro Ranch, the name stands out to me, and here's why. Do you guys remember Zorro? Zorro always had that little mask on over his eyes. The show? Where, yeah. Where it looked like he had two black eyes, right? Keep in mind, you guys, that there is a, a thing called the black eye children where because of the level of sexual abuse that they go through, all their blood <laughs> rushes around their eyes. So it's interesting that it's called the Zorro Ranch. Keep going. Yeah, I thought that that was just kind of random and out the blue. Like, why would it? That's Zorro? that's like, not random. Call- that's not random. That is, I believe is a reference to how they um the, the the sort of abuse that they give to those children that make their eyes get black like that around their eyes. It's interesting. Okay, okay. I so, have a quick yeah. question in, in regards to that. Wasn't that book called Azora? I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish, Zora. I mean, Zora. Oh my God, Tunde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't laugh. I am me. not Zora, y'all. No. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, the ranch was called Zoro. It was the way it was built. Um, like it was built like with the intent to lodge people motel style. Like, what do y'all do at motels? Like, you know, you do. It's like it's like cheap like hospitality, you know what you come in there for. It's like, so that was the style he described of how the lodging was built. Um, and also with the intent to house as many people as possible. So it wasn't built for comfort. It was built for like a huge crowd of people um, to kind of gather at this exclusive remote ranch uh, for whatever purposes. And um, uh, he, uh, he also talked about how, uh, Epstein had a bunch of properties. He had um, properties in Palm Beach, Florida, um, in gated communities. He had uh, properties in New York City and then an apartment in Paris. And he went into detail describing to the T, like, exactly how uh, these facilities or these um, properties looked looked on the inside. One thing that was consistent with all these properties, they all had a library. So your boy Epstein, he loved to read. That was one thing I, I, I gathered from that. He was a guy that loved to read books. He had his little office in each property and he had a library. Um, and then <clears throat> Little St. James, uh, so the prop, the Paris property, he had that in the, in the, in the late 90s. And then Little St. James in the Virgin Islands came about later on as he expanded, which I'll, I'll touch on because there's another point to that expansion as it relates to his relationship with um, Ghislaine and how their relationship changed from being 
one way to another. It was an expansion of some sort in his empire that took place and that changed things. But um, he had this, you know, uh, Little St. James Island, the Virgin Islands, and uh, he would frequent uh, this island at least once every 10 days. That's how frequent this pilot would fly him out to the private island. And he said that they would fly out to St. Thomas. And then from St. Thomas, he would then have to uh, take Epstein to the island by helicopter. But they did have a boating dock where they received guests by boat as well. Of course, if they were high-profile guests, they, they would go get them with a helicopter as well. So th those were the two ways of getting to Little St. James is by a boat or by a helicopter. Um, and then uh, in the New Mexico uh, uh, ranch, he had a standalone building that um, – so I'm looking at my notes. I can't, I, I don't want to misquote this, this fact because, you know, there's a transcript now. I don't want to mis, misspeak, but it was either in the New Mexico ranch or on Little St. James Island, um, one of these two places. He had a standalone facility um, to, for, 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 for kids that could play music. So I thought that that was weird that on, on, on this remote property he has a standalone facility that was accommodating to kids that could play music like musical instruments you know kids of the arts you know play piano play the, the clarinet like things like that so already when he said that something was going off in my brain like this why does he need a, a standalone facility for that and then you get to learn later why is because he himself, he loves the arts, and that was his way of getting access to these kids by setting up um, scholarships to fund kids that had talent and had potential. And then on these properties, again, I'm not sure if from my notes he had this on the island or on the ranch in New Mexico, but he had a space for them where they could play music and entertain guests. So I thought that that was freaking weird and interesting. But like Alex said, the pilot, he um, confirmed that, yes, he did fly Bill Clinton out to the island. He flew Donald Trump to the island. He flew Prince Andrew to the island. He flew Amy, Ta uh, Amy Taylor. I don't, I, I don't even know who that is, Amy Taylor. Um, and then, and then the, and now. the prosecutor, I'm sorry, I said it. Did somebody say something? I think it, it was, was a just hot a hot mic. That's all. It oh. was okay. Okay, and then after he mentioned Amy Taylor, he also said um, Chris Tucker, and uh, he flew Chris Tucker and Kevin Spacey out there. He mentioned them two out of all the celebrities specifically, or they asked him. Sorry, they asked him rather about those two celebrities specifically. Everybody else they mentioned were politicians. They name dropped. They name dropped a bunch of uh, senators. Um, a senator from out of New York and a senator from out of Chicago whose names I forget. But when it came to celebrities, they specifically asked about Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker. And he said, yes, I flew them out there. After that, they asked, did you fly Robert Kennedy Jr. out there to the island? And his response was interesting. He said, I don't remember. So I thought that that was weird. 
because they specifically, after asking all these other names, they isolated Robert Kennedy Jr. in, a, in like a follow-up question and specifically asked that as the last question on this topic of people he flew over. He said, did you fly Robert Kennedy Jr.? And then he said, I don't remember. And then I thought that that was strange because all his other questions, he answered with such confidence and he didn't like tiptoe or like beat around a bush. He gave it to them however it, it was. Like it is what it is. Yeah, I did that. Or I, did, I didn't do that. But when it came to Robert Kennedy Jr., I was like, why wouldn't you remember? That's like... That's like one of the most important, like he's more impo- more important than the the senators that you flew over that you remember, in my opinion. But anyway, after that, you know, they started to confirm the list of like apartment properties that Epstein owned that he would um, fly out. Uh, f- he would fly Epstein to. Um, or, or uh, you know, for whatever reasons in their travels. And um, we got to learn that Epstein and this pilot started to develop a good relationship. So I think he kind of proved himself as a good employee. Epstein took a liking to him. And then Epstein gave him 40 acres um, on his um, New Mexico ranch to do whatever he wanted with it. And I think he, like, built a house or whatever. So... Epstein gave him 40 acres of that ranch for free. Um, And then also we got to learn more about his relationship with the pilot that it didn't stop there with the gifting of the land on the ranch. Um, Epstein also uh, took it upon himself to uh, cater for his family and care for, for his family financially. So not only was he on payroll, I think at the time he started working for Epstein, he had a one-year-old, I think, son or daughter. Um, and then he had, now he has like two or three kids, I think. I, I'm not, I forget the details specifically, but he had, he has a kid now that he didn't have when he first started working for Epstein. And when he brought that kid to life, Epstein uh, took care of that kid financially with regards to sending the kid to school and paying tuition and all these things, uh, like, like Alex said earlier. Um, but also when it came to their personal relationship, we got to learn that Epstein was a man that loved exotic cars like Jay Leno, like how Jay Leno was a collector of exotic cars, like exotic, exotic, uh, sports cars. Um, Epstein loved that. Also, this pilot was into that too. So now, not only was he a good employee, um, they were now becoming really good friends because they could bond on another another level. They could talk about work, but they could also talk about like these sports cars that they like so much. Um, and then Epstein bought a, a couple of sports cars or exotic cars, um, kept them at his Palm Beach, Florida uh, property but bought them under the pilot's name, like the, under the pilot's government name. So he told the pilot, he said, yeah, these are mine. They at my property here in Palm Beach, but you can drive them whenever you want. So they had that open relationship where the pilot can, you know, he could use those cars or drive them whenever they want. They were under his name, but he knew that that didn't mean that they were his. So right there, I thought that, that was funny. Like, why would he buy property under your name when you're an employee? 
and he's, he's he got you on payroll. Why would he have to, especially when it's something that's a prized possession that he loves so much? We're talking sports cars that are collectibles. Why wouldn't he put it under his name, under a trust or something that could generate, you know, generational wealth? It's like it's something that is of immense uh, value for now in the future. Why would he put that under your name when you're an employee? So we thought that that I thought I thought that that was weird. And then the prosecutor asked him that he asked him about another car that was gifted to Jeffrey Epstein that Jeffrey Epstein didn't buy with his own money, but it was like another sports exotic car that was a gift to him that was also within their possession, him and um, the pilot. And he confirmed that, yes, that car existed. And they said, is it true that y'all got rid of it um, uh, in so-and-so year? And then he said, yeah, it's true. I think he said they had the car for about 20 years and then they they got rid of it. I don't know what got rid of it means. Also, the way the prosecutor asked about that one specific car that was in their possession but wasn't paid for by either of them, it made it seem like that car was a tie to some evidence that they had on the case because you had all these cars that Epstein bought with, with his own money under his employee's name. And amongst those cars, you had one specific car that was a gift that he didn't pay for. And they were confirming that they did have it in their possession. And at some point they quote unquote got rid of it. So he said, yes, that did happen. We got rid of it. And then they moved on. And then, um, and then, uh, Epstein, they confirmed with um, the pilot that Epstein had back problems, which the reason why this is important is when we hear the, when we heard the victim speak about how she was groomed into participating in these sexual acts with both Epstein and uh, Ghislaine, we learned that it was two places that these sexual acts would, you know, get initiated, or it was one place it would get initiated um, usually, and then it would be taken to either the, the bedroom or the massage room. So that's why this detail is important because the reason why the massage or the massage room was important to Epstein was because he always needed a massage room because he, he had like this reoccurring back problem and he always had to have masseuse, uh, masseuses come into his properties to give him massages. Um, and these were both male and female masseuses. It didn't matter. He just, he had a, a problem and it was like a, a constant part of his life that he had to manage. So that's why this idea of a massage room always comes into the picture. So we have to understand that. But because that was a important part of Epstein's life, that was also the avenue that he used to um, abuse uh, the victim, allegedly. Um, So, uh, and we'll get to that as I continue to go through my notes. But then they started to make distinctions. Uh, The prosecutor started to make distinctions between Epstein's properties and Ghislaine's properties that they had um, concurrently at the same time. So they made it very clear that 
as much as Epstein had a bunch of really expensive properties, it wasn't like he was sharing space with Ghislaine. She had her own. So if he had three cribs in Manhattan, in some loft somewhere, she also had her three cribs somewhere exotic in Manhattan. They wasn't sharing space. There was that line that was drawn between them where they, he had his own thing, she had hers. Um, and not only in in New York, but that also applied to any other um, place as well, like Palm Beach. And then um, they they asked they made that distinction first to set the tone into digging into the relationship between Ghislaine and and Epstein. So after they made that distinction, then they now started to ask the pilot to tell the room what he understood their relationship to be. And that's when he goes, he started, you know, getting into detail about how um, it was a very clear uh, role that she was playing in the relationship, which was to manage his properties and supervise the house managers of all his different properties. So if things were to like happen in any one of those houses or properties, um, they wouldn't go to Epstein about it. They would report to Ghislaine. Um, like she was the first point of contact to kind of manage house related property related issues, the ranch, little St. James, the private properties in Paris, Palm beach, New York. So that was the role she was playing. And Epstein was focused like more on the business side. And then, uh, she, also was um, like a personal shopper for Epstein. So if they had a, a, a flight to catch to like the ranch or to Little St. James, for example, if they had a trip planned out there to the island, she was the personal shopper that would make sure that they had everything they needed for the trip. Um, so, um, she also made sure she stocked the flight um, with with everything they need, so she was like playing a managerial role, um, if you want to put it that way. On the ranch itself, she was in charge of managing the affairs of the farm animals because they had a lot of farm animals. Like they had, I didn't I didn't notice, but they had a lot of horses on the ranch. So she was responsible for caring for the horses, and again, he just kept f- focusing on the business side. And then the pilot said in early 1991. 1992 around that time is uh you know when the relationship between her and uh, Epstein started and the way it started was uh it was very clear to him that Ghislaine was nothing more than an employee uh sorry uh, yeah an employee to to um Epstein so they weren't no buddy buddy they weren't no you know on the same level, no, nothing like that. He said, uh, from what he saw in 1991, 1992, she was just an employee, just like he was to, to Epstein. And then she had a personal assistant room that was labeled as such on the ranch where she stayed. So it was very, very clear that this person ate my girlfriend, ate my whatever. I, she's on payroll and she answers to me. And then he said in the mid 90s, um, Epstein started to expand his empire. And then that's when he bought like his first private jet. And then 
he said that's when the relationship between Epstein and, and Ghislaine turned personal. But he said as much as it turned personal, um, there was no PD, uh, is it PDA? People, y'all call it? The, pu- yeah, Public disgrace. Yeah, yeah, PDA. He said as much as much as it was personal, there was never any PDA for him to confirm that they had a romantic relationship. Then um, at some point, um, at some point, uh, uh, can I point something out really quick just before you carry on? So, the brain communicates through signs and symbols and feelings, and if you replay um, how you've given the details, you will notice um, nuances in the way that this courtroom has been played out. So there's almost like an emotive feeling between the pilot and um, Epstein, whereas they have almost cut out any emotional value between um, Ghislaine and Epstein and also with the victim as well, right? So when they're questioning the victim, um, all her emotions are her emotions, but they're not telling a story the way that they do with the pilot and um, Epstein. The reason why I'm pointing this out is because these are the subtle nuances that we have to look for when you're looking at psychology because the brain communicates through signs, symbols, and feelings. And so this information will go below the critical mind into the subconscious mind, which means the logical, rational, and decision-making mind won't actually have a good idea of what's going on. I just wanted to mention that. Thank you. All right. Um, so, so I think I left off saying that um, in the mid nineties uh, was when Epstein started expanding his his empire. And then he bought he bought the first private jet, and then that's when his relationship with uh, Ghislaine started to turn more personal. Uh, but they never showed any signs that they were um, in a relationship. And uh, then the prosecutor asked the pilot that did he ever see any signs of pregnancy from Ghislaine. So he was suggesting that there was an alleged pregnancy, but he was trying to see if the pilot was aware of it. And the pilot was like, I never knew about no pregnancy. I never saw nothing like that. And then the prosecutor moved on. So the pilot then later went to explain that, you know, their personal quote unquote relationship, how they went from her being just straight employee on every, just like on everybody else's level that was an employee to all of a sudden personal and both of them are buddy, buddy. They both dress, dress fancy, pull up at events together. Um, and then the business, the empire, the empire started to expand, quote unquote, they start owning more properties. They're doing more things. And then he said in the mid 2000s is when things started to switch again from personal to strictly business. Um, and at that point, um, Epstein had to hire uh, additional assistants to do the same job uh, Ghislaine was doing. So he hired um, a woman called Adriana, I forget her last name, and then he hired another woman called Sarah Kellen. So there were now two more people doing the job of Ghislaine 
um, and and then their relationship wasn't personal anymore. It was strictly business. They weren't really buddy buddy friendly anymore. I mean, they were still keeping it cordial, but not like before. And then Ghislaine started to travel less with Epstein, and then you had more of these other new assistants, Sarah, Kellen, and Adriana. They were more frequent on the flights with Epstein, and less you, you started to see less of Ghislaine. Because at that point, he said Ghislaine was in a relationship with this man called Ted White or Waite, who was the founder of the Gateway Computers. Uh, I never heard of that company before, never heard of him. But apparently she started dating this man and she was pulling back from, you know, her responsibilities from Epstein. Does Ghislaine have children? I'm just sorry not to cut you off. Pretty sure. I mean, people say that the, the CEO of Robin Hood is... Her son, I mean, there's no proof of that, but that's what people say. Uh, I mean, anybody want to speak on it? I don't, I don't know. If she- hey, let me say this, though. Um, I don't think so. This, 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 tell me how y'all feel about this, right? This is what came to me in spirit. Um, I don't think that the, the woman on trial is going to make it to the end of the trial. Something may happen to her. Um the reason why I'm saying that is that if something does happen to her, if something doesn't happen to her, a lot of the people that they named and if she's found guilty, it's going to implicate a lot of people. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, she may not make it to the end of the trial. Also, um, how I feel about everything is that Jeffrey was... Um, because when you look at his background, how he made his money, it's like mysterious. Like, how did this guy, you know, he's he's living and not a lot of people that have reached a certain level um, financially are living like that. Um, these properties and like really just living like that. Typically, um, you know, you see people like, you know, the, the these these uh, founders of these major corporations. They're, they're not, you know, yeah, they, they have things that are... Um, um, of, 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 it's, it's valuable, but it's not like they're not living like um, how he was living. So it seems that as if that Jeffrey was like more, he made his money from underground prostitution, um, exploitation. And you had all of these influential people who wanted to partake in, 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 in the sickness. And, and um, you know, they paid him um you know, large sums of money to partake in uh, low-level experiences, and so um, and so it's a couple of things that probably happened with that. Either he had like a lot of blackmail and a lot of influential people on a global scale, um, and he used that as leverage, and he was dangerous. But in the sense that he really couldn't touch him because maybe based on how he was moving, based on how he's how how he had everything set up. I wouldn't be surprised if he had it set up where if something happened to him, he could use that blackmail as leverage. And so um, maybe an agreement was to die off publicly and then, you know, now you can't even speak out because now you're dead publicly. So now it's like a win-win um, to not expose his information. Or it could prob- probably be, you know, uh, they took him out and, and, um, and he wasn't crafty in that sense to have this footage of people doing, you know, God knows what. So this is what came to me in spirit. 
um, about his lifestyle, the people involved, how he was moving, how he made his money, how he really made his money. Um, this trial was going to happen with the trial. And, um, you know, it was just weird. It just came to me all of a sudden. I don't know how y'all felt about that, but I just wanted to. Hey, Omar, um, I personally was under the impression that he may or may not have had allegedly a private relationship with Lex. What's his name? Somebody, um, Lex something. Wexler. Yes. And so that that's possibly also how he got his funding to uh, fund others as well. But I just wanted to add that to your. To yeah. Also to add, um, I just want to say that he was also funded by the Mossad. Um, the Mossad was funding a lot of his uh, houses and parties, right? Because they needed money from politicians and specifically, um, specifically blackmailing politicians for billions, right? That's why we see Barack Obama giving Israel, you know, $19 billion or $3 billion in 2019. Um, also with Leslie Wexner, Wexner, uh, Wexner, he transferred all of his estate, uh, or a lot of his estates to Epstein for a dollar, right? So I'm thinking either Wexner takes part in his business, right? In his, uh, sex trafficking, or he's blackmailing Wexner as well. Also, um, I just wanted to add it with, uh, uh, Amanda Eliash, the the woman that came in the other day, who said she was Gillian's friend and definitely sounded like it. Um, the person who uh, nominated her to Clubhouse, uh, John Mappin, we've brought him up a couple times, but you know he he owned Camelot Castle. But not only that, in his profile, it says that his family has owned Camelot Castle since the 1700s. So these people have been in British royalty for you know centuries. Hey, real quick. So when you say you brought him up, he's been in the room and and um, not John Mappin, but um, Amanda Eliash was a woman who came in uh, the first room that we had about this. Um, and she she was trying to defend Ghislaine and, and make her seem like a really great person. But then we saw who nominated her to the club. We saw their connections. We saw all of their pictures and the art and everything that they're into, which is, you know, Um, I just want to add as well that uh, what you said about UK royalty is um, when I was working, when I'm doing the work with BB on the Uniform Commercial Code, if you think of it like this, we're each born with a bond where gold is assigned to our name. But because we don't know about it, we're actually traded as assets on the stock exchange. So if you think about it, money is made up, right? It's just printed. You can, I mean, the government's print it all the time, right? It's really the resources um, that matter. But um, in terms of pulling the strings, when you look at all the corporations and when it where it comes back to, it actually all leads back to the monarchy in the UK. So I just thought that was fascinating. Where's Ruth? Babylon is going down.
Why is everybody quiet? What do y'all think? Oh, I meant to answer you. I was I, I got so used to telling him, um, like waiting for everybody to speak, Omar, that I did. I, you mentioned something about um, her not making it through. And then someone else mentioned the trust and why um, Wexter turned over his money. And then I thought about the Mossad. And Mossad is Israel, right? This, <laughs> what we're going through right now, you, I don't want to talk, you know, you guys know. You've been in these rooms, you know. And as I'm just sitting here, it's just all going through my head how they're orchestrating this big, huge dance right now. And it all ties back to there. It's like, like you said, they blackmailed all these people to get them to do what they want them to do. And then they orchestrate the Great Reset. They destroy careers. Look at CNN. I, I promise you something's going to tie Cuomo and all these guys back to them also. Because remember, Cuomo shut down the state of New York on the guidance of, 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 of these people, the WHO and, and all of them. They're all tied. It's all tied together. And my brain is just trying to figure it all out. Like where this is like a big web and I'm trying to put them all in their places. Claudine. Don't you feel that, Omar? Absolutely. Do we know if there's any, uh, this is Arthur, uh, if there's any proof to the story that uh, Epstein was good friends with Maxwell's father, who is proven to have been a spy from multiple different countries. Uh, Brute just did a piece on the father and talked about his whole life at times and how many times he had tried to be a spy and been captured and released and then who he worked with next and how he made his money and he wasn't very truthful. Uh, and that story doesn't talk about Epstein being his friend, which it's said that he was very buddy-buddy with him up until his death. Um, and then the potential validity of the story that through uh, the father's spy network, they created uh, a program potentially with Russia where they were using honeypot schemes to ensnare politicians. And then you look at what we were, you guys were just talking about, about the money and where it came from and how it was dirty and his operation kind of boosted. And then that story that I read about those potential things that the father was potentially honeypotting politicians for decades into doing this kind of stuff. And it started around the mid to late sixties and here we are. So does anyone know if there's any. I had this conspiracy that the father was doing this very same thing as, as Epstein and with her. And she just took on her father's business when he died. Like, they, that, like it was a part of what they did. So you just said the way you said it is kind of an alignment. If he was going around and doing this, like, you know, he, he was a newspaper magnet, right? So he had the dirt on probably everyone through his newspapers and through his, um, his correspondence, right? And then if he, so for, for me, let's say, I no, don't say that. Say somebody has a ring and they want to be able to ensnare people. If you own your own newspapers, you control what goes into them. So you can destroy anybody any day of the week, right? So <laughs> you run a, a scheme like that and people are paying you 
then there you go. You have a massive black book. And he turned over the keys of all of those connections to her. Also, uh, I wanted to add, Claudine, sorry to interrupt. Um, I wanted to add that um, Am- Amanda Eliash, you know, she came in. I just I just keep on bringing this up because I can't believe she f- showed up. Um, but like if you look at, the, at her Wikipedia, um, it says she was born in Beirut in 1960 where her father, Anthony Cave Brown, worked as a foreign correspondent for the Daily Mail and later wrote several books on espionage and World War II. Um, and so, and then her mother uh, left him. But, and then also... This is uh, Amanda? Yeah. Sorry to cut yeah. Well, yeah. Wait, the Daily Mail is what Ghislaine's dad Yeah. 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 <laughs> this stuff is crazy. And then um, John Tappan, who, like I said, nominated Amanda to Clubhouse, uh, he actually is very vocal about funding QAnon. So take what. Yeah, but he also owns newspapers as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now it makes sense that this, this, these politicians are indebted to a foreign enemy and they, they've been um, bamboozled and manipulated and now they have to work, they have to do the, the, the bidding of, the, of, the, of this wicked energy. This is interesting. So yeah, it's all it's all coming. Um, and I won't be surprised if you know Jeffrey. He's you know they took him off the scene and um, he completed his mission. And then he's doing what he's doing. Um. Hmm. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. I don't think that she's going to make it um, past this trial. Um, because if she does and she's found guilty, it's going to be very interesting. So. I think that now what we're seeing is a show. They're mentioning names, but they're kind of showing you that, hey, we got witnesses. We got people that are willing to go there. We're not going to let it really let the public too um, uh, too far in, but just enough. We got people that can come to the courthouse to kind of see and kind of, you know, the word to kind of get out. And so what are you going to do? And so now they're probably negotiating. They're probably, you know, trying to figure out how to make this all go away. And um, and when this is done, then we're going to see some more more uh, aspects of the New World Order coming together. You know, this is like the final, this is like the final piece. This is like the, this trial is bigger than what people think. This right here is like uh, the, um, the final piece. And after whatever happens, whatever the, 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 the puppets that's involved that's being controlled through blackmail, Whatever is decided upon, then everything is going to start to accelerate. Hmm. Yeah, Isaac Cappy had mentioned in one of his videos that you take down Epstein, you're taking down a pillar of the rest of society. <sighs> yeah, um, I think I think if if she does go down, no, I think it'll be a domino effect. And they don't want that domino effect to happen because that means they all go down as well. Um, so I think Brother Omar is right on his, I don't want to say right on his predictions that that's what's going to happen. I think he's right with his concerns, but I would love for that not to be the case that she's not brought to justice because that would, that would take us back, um, you know, 30 decades from when this whole thing 
um, allegedly started. Um, back, it would take us back to the beginning and put the shit right back in their hands, and that's not good. And if we're going along in this timeline of where we're going, you know, where we seem to be headed uh, with humanity and um, truth coming to light, justice, it would it would align perfectly if this also was something that unfolded in a way that, you know, the bad guys were brought down because that would be in, in, in line with the timeline. But if, if if that doesn't happen, I feel like we'd be reset back 30, 30 years because um, this, this is not about uh, Ghislaine. Like she's like, like, like the person just said before me uh, or um, Epstein is a pillar. We're talking about Prince freaking Andrew. We're talking about, Chris Tucker, like, why do you have a bunch of um, photos in, in places that you have no business being in these elite political circles cheesing in, in these photographs with Bill Clinton? And why were you on that island, Chris Tucker? We know you from Friday. What was you doing over there? Like, this this is bigger than um, Epstein. It's bigger than Ghislaine. It's the, the real stories behind this whole thing are going to be the ones we hear after Ghislaine is brought down and then the people in the shadows start getting took down too. Those are going to be the real stories. Like, yeah, we're hearing about Epstein. We're hearing about Ghislaine. But what about when, when you start hearing about the stories behind Prince Andrew, Trump, what was he doing on that island? Zuckerberg, um, um, all these people that those are going to be the real stories. And I, I feel like, um, I, I feel for Brother Omar, his concerns, but we got we got to push for justice to be served. And I, I sincerely hope in my heart that we could all see that because that would just be beautiful for humanity and for this movement of like righteousness and, and keeping that timeline going. Um, that that's that's why. I, I just want to thank you if I could just jump in real quick, because I've been on here since 12 o'clock. But and I hope everybody can hear me because I'm driving my, my daughter's birthday. Like we've been out all day, but I've been trying to get in. Happy like, birthday. So oh, Happy thanks. birthday, Queen. Thank you. Thank you. So basically, like, I just I'm really I just want to just <laughs> thank you, Tunde, for finally coming to grips. Because as soon as you said, you know, you were trying to be protective and I understand this is this is something scary. But I already said I came back on Clubhouse because when I first initially came on Clubhouse, I was just it's like it's too much drama on here. It's like TV and I don't even I don't even allow TV in my house. So I just felt like it was just so much energy. I didn't like it. So I got off. But then at my job, because I'm a healthcare professional, they trying to mandate a. I'm like, what mandate? What you trying to you trying to rape me with a shot? What the fuck is going? Like I didn't I didn't get it. I understand. I'm like I don't like this. So I came back on Clubhouse because I know at the end of the day there is different there's different scenarios going on in Clubhouse. So I appreciated it. So I came back. I found I found Lisa. She be talking about some shit that just made things really 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 come together for me. So when. Uh, Okay, anyway, I don't even care about the open, the hot lights because I'm still on top. But anyway, I just really appreciate the fact that you came and said, okay, you know what, you all, I'm about to talk. I'm about to say what I had to say because when you said, and out, out of respect, I get where you're coming from because it's scary. But again, when they said the mandate, you trying to mandate my kid? 
oh, I'm about to die for mine. I'm about to go in these woods, get my my glot, my my shotgun. Like I got guns. I'm about to like just go all out. And that is how I die. That's how I die. Because at the end of the day, I just feel like there needs to be more people that are about to be standing up for this and just what is just not right. And I ain't trying to. I'm not about lowering vibrations, but by all means, I'm about hiring it. Um, cause to me, it's about an energy. It's about a conscious mind. We got to be together in this. So I just really, truly just wanted to step in real quick to say, thank you so much for staying on and just saying, you know what? Fudge this ish. Cause my daughter's in the car. Fudge this ish. We about to do what we got to do to just understand like this is, we got to talk about this. If we don't talk about it, if we don't support people that actually are questioning what's going on in life, then it's never going to change. We're going to continue to go through the same cycle that our, we talk about our ancestors all day. But if we don't stand up for what our ancestors really, really fought for and really, and that's why I love Lisa and just everybody that she has because she digs deep in it. She's doing her research. So Again, what we can do as the masses, let's start researching these mother freakers. Okay, so what? Oh, you want to be our president? Oh, you want to be our, our mayor? Let's research you. Let's really, really, really go deep in this. Because at the end of the day, everything's going to come to be. But they dumbed down us so much with TV, with even remote controls. Like, we ain't even got to get up and tap our TV. I'm old, y'all. I'm like, I'm, I'm old. Anyway, I'm, I'm not old, but I'm 40. But anyway, I used to have to tap my TV on the side, like, to tap it to get some, some, um, some, um, whatever. Uh, what is it called? I don't even know. Anyway, just to get a station. Yeah, a sick Thank you. Right, there you go. Just, I had to tap my TV on the side. Like, I had to stare the, but now it's just, bam, it comes on. And it, yo. So, anyway, that's all I had to say. I just needed to jump in because I've been like jump rope all day. I've just been double dutch trying to get in this mother freaker. But I just appreciate everybody who's staying in here and understand it's a conscious effort for all of us. So, I'm about to die about this. If, if I go out, I'm going out believing in what the, I believe in. That, that's, that's what it is. All right, I'm out. Love y'all. Um, you don't, you don't actually have to die or take guns. You might, I don't know, but I have a um, letter. Uh, I'll try and see if I can tag it on to mine, to my profile. But it basically states that anyone who tries to give you um, a vaccine has to take full responsibility. But it states in a way where I can't actually describe it, but in a way where that person won't sign it. <laughs> because they can't and so I'll put that on anyway just in case hey you guys this is Lisa I know I've been MIA for a little bit the room is going since 12 o'clock this afternoon um, Eastern Standard Time so that's nine hours um, we're going to be doing the room again tomorrow so I just want to shout out to everybody you know what I'm saying this this stuff can be really heavy I know I'm exhausted right now there's another room that's going on I want to move everybody over to that room um, let me go ahead and post the link at the top. Disco Dave, we're going to be in the preservation of the human race. He is doing a room on um, the um, this doctor that just got killed because Kill. he came out speaking about. Um, so, guys, that's the link right there at the top. OK, um, this is going to be a, it's only going to be like a two hour room. And then we're going to go to the um, the rabbit hole. But there we go every night at 11 o'clock. So that's how we do, guys. We support each other in this community. Click that link at the top, head over to Disco Dave's room, um, and we're going to get this new knowledge. And I promise you guys, we will be back tomorrow 
um, with part day three of the trial. Okay. And we'll continue to build on this, but I think we had enough of this for the day. Um, any final thoughts, you guys, before we head over to the other room? Um, I, I, I wanted to share I something. To say, um, oh, I'm gonna, oh, it's okay. Is that Lynn? Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, Lynn. You, okay. I'll just go really quick. No, I just wanted to say thank you to Lisa just for just creating these spaces and enlightening all of us. You know, I've learned a lot, you know, within this time and, you know, it takes a lot of energy um, to just host spaces like this. So show her some love, make sure you're following the club, following her. And, you know, um, also she has, um, she had it pinned earlier where, you know, you have a subscription, well worth it. We spend money on, you know, uh, trivial things that we don't need. So we can definitely pour into her and that's all. Go ahead, Lynn. Okay. So, um, the, the videos that I was sharing, um, about the lawyer that I shared earlier, um, so she came out with another video. She said that, I guess, something with, like, the uh, – sorry, I'm in traffic. My my Google thing is talking to me. But um, so basically she said, like, the stuff that's diff dealing with Jeffrey Epstein uh, will be, um, I guess, like, they pushed it to January or so. So I can play that video in the in the uh, Hocus room um, at 11. Yeah, like we that for sure Lynn for sure but that's how we get down you guys that's how this is a real community and this is how we support each other but click that link at the top head over um, to um, the preservation of the human race we're going to support the brother um, <clears throat> Disco Dave he's doing his room at 11 o'clock we'll be in the rabbit hole let's go and thank you guys so much for being today for the support that you Know, and the love that you show this club and to myself, I appreciate you guys very, very much. I just want you to know. Okay, we appreciate you, Lisa. Thank hey, you. Lisa, just want to let you know. I Thank you. Link. It doesn't seem to work though. You sure it's the right link? Oh, for real? Yeah, it told me the room ended. Hold on, let me check you guys. Hold on. No, it's there. There's people going over to the room. It's there. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode with our great content and the amazing guests that we bring on the show, be sure to click to subscribe so you're notified every time we have a new episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at matrix underscore unveiled and tap into our link tree where you can join our Discord communities as well as our clubhouse communities and everywhere that you can find us on the internet. Thank you so much once again for listening.